Blue Rock Talks, the On the Road with Connie, if you watch that, or even the Bigfoot Friday, you start, you know, you start realizing where, what the signs are to know if you're walking in an area where they are. You pick up the signs, and then you just, you, you're addicted. You can't stop. And it's fun because of just what you said. You get back out into nature. You're connected. You don't have your phones doing this number. Like, you know, even just a second ago, people are calling me. I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, go over to, I'm telling them to go to your link right now. So, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're trying to ask, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? So I don't know how to put it into the phone, but right now it's a good thing to do that for you. So. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate because our whole lives are on these little devices, and I'll be pulling out my phone to snap a picture. I'll be standing on a dock, or I'll be outdoors or something. I'll just think to myself, oh, if I drop this phone, I not only lose my camera, but I lose my banking, I lose my notes, I lose yes. my pictures. I'll pretty much lose my yes. whole life. <laughs> Maybe I You just... are so right about that. You're absolutely right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll do weird things, like I'll wrap it in plastic or put it in a Ziploc and like stick it in some pockets and stuff like that. Well, recently I I don't know how I lost I I don't I won't even go there. Well, okay, I'll go there just because it's kind of funny, but because I don't know how how it happened. I was at my sink, and next time next thing I know, I heard a kerplunk, and I'm at my sink in my bathroom, and I look, and my iPhone 5s, which was my phone, was in the toilet. I don't know how oh, it no. got there because I was in the sink. Daniel, I promise. And and so I was like, what is that? And I went, ah. So it ended up making me get the uh, the latest one because we were about to go on a road trip there on the uh, you know do one of the shows that next day. So the day that the the Pro 11s came out, I, I was second in line. You know how those lines can be at Apple. And so I I got the latest one. And you know what? It was almost like something did that for me because I was able to broadcast easier. It, it pumped it up. So, you know, the newer ones apparently have a whole lot better power of pushing them out, uh, the signal, I guess, or taking it, whatever, because I was in the same place and I could, I could broadcast live so much better, came across a lot more clear. However, um, you know, that's what had to happen to do that. But you're right, everything on that phone, everything on this <laughs> Everything, and you can lose it all. Everything, all your stuff. So, what and, do we do about that? And how how is that um, on the road with Connie? Uh, is there a lot of equipment that you have to bring out, or is is it pretty light? Does this take a big setup to actually be able to broadcast from out and about? Well, let me see if I can show it to you. Hold on, let me see if I can show it. I might be able to reach over here. I love that brick back. Oh, that's not a brick background. It's a thing. I thought it was real. That is awesome. I got to get one of those. Gone. I just got a bunch of crusty old crap back there. <laughs> Wait a minute. There we go. Did I mess it up? Did... So that oh, looks very realistic. I thought that was okay. your fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, it's very realistic. Yeah, if you there's a lot cheaper ones out there. You can't do that. You got to pay. You got to pay more if you're doing these shows. You got to pay more or you look like that, you know, cheap show that some people will have something behind them and it needs ironed and you're like, "Oh no, at least iron it before you go on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Did I mess it? I like that. I need to get something really like Las Vegas and really gaudy like some black lights or something. 
Oh, that's cool. I like that. Well, before I was really using the green screen a lot and using Wirecast and it and then going to YouTube or wherever, you know, that little third party thing in between like you're doing. You never, never know what's going to happen. Anything can just it just gets frustrating. Yeah, that's why I warn all my guests. Just letting you know, uh, this might all go to crap at any second, and we might have to change, switch directions. Just letting you know beforehand. That's okay. right. And, boy, I, I tell you, a lot of frustrated people would come in. You had this great person you were interviewing, and I can't hear them, or they're this or that. And I'm thinking, hey, this is free. This is free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the way that I, I the way that I kind of deal with that mentally is I just tell myself, hey, as long as I'm moving forward, as long as I'm headed in the right direction, these little sort of technical screw-ups and stuff, I'm going to figure it out eventually. Yeah, and it'll it's going to drive you crazy throughout. So hopefully I can help you with a couple shortcuts because it's better to learn from wisdom and somebody else's past horrible experiences <laughs> now, when than have to keep going through this stuff. When you're out there in the woods, is it solely filming and Bigfoot hunting? Do you do any, like, hunting or fishing? No, I don't. I'm not a hunter, and I'm, uh, I don't like to fish because then i got to stick that hook into – some something alive and then throw it out there to something else alive that grabs it and eats it and then then I got to you know I mean I lo- look I love the the product I, I, I love the fish at the end <laughs> but I don't want to do all that other stuff to get it I don't want to see it and I love fillets and steaks and everything else I just don't want to see how I get it you know what I mean so I can't do that part of it however I love being on boats I love being walking the trails I love going hiking I love um uh, doing all sorts of things. But one of the tricks when you're out there is if, if you're going to stay a couple nights or, or however long you're going to stay, if you're going to stay overnight at all, the best thing to do is stay in your camp, uh, cook stuff, and just lure them in. Maybe someone's got a guitar, somebody, you know, uh, some people always have like little drums with them or something. Uh, you know, they, they do that stuff. Um, so if you've got any, just just hang out. And let them come to you because they'll come to you. They're so curious about you. If you're in an area where they are and things are going to start happening, I always notice even though things can happen immediately the first night uh, or even in the day, I always kind of have noticed that the third night a whole lot more happens. And it's just this building of anticipation because you've just got this three-day relationship getting better and better. That's what I've noticed. It sounds to me like... First of all, Bigfoot is a lot smarter than we think, just like our household <laughs> pets and animals that we might run into. It sounds like he's not only smarter than what we think, but uh, that sort of positive communal energy might actually attract him in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I – I never thought of Bigfoot. Like I always remember ghosts because we had one in the house. And as a kid, I just did everything I could to get away from it. So I would I would – feel like in the remote viewing world they call it ambiance when you notice your ambiance you're able to uh let's say i'm in a a classroom by myself or even with a whole bunch of people and somebody else walks in from the back door 
I should, if I'm really good with my ambiance skills, if I practiced and stuff, and well, I can tell you if it's male, female. I can tell you if they have long hair. I can tell you if it's dark hair or not. I can tell you all sorts of things about them without even looking at them, just with the feel. So if you have a ghost in your house as a kid, you learn ambiance quickly because all you want to do is be on the other side of the house, wherever that thing is, away from it. So I picked up that skill early on for years, you know, all my life. So when I'm out there, um, uh, Bigfooting, I call it, when I'm out there doing that, you can kind of feel where things are uh, along the way. And you can feel if they might be good or bad or, or different things like that. So um, I'm just I'm trying to get back to what you asked that made me think about that. But you can feel them when they are around and when they get close to you. And it's it's something you have to do. you got to go do it. It's very interesting. It's very fun. They will talk to you. And, again, I'm tr- still trying to figure out what you asked in the first place to get there. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could remember myself. Do you remember? But the good thing is that I got another one loaded up. Um, you were mentioning the ghost house and growing up. And, of course, that's getting me very curious. And knowing that you you are somebody that is considered to be psychic and you believe in these things, I want to ask you, could you feel the presence of anything in that house using your psychic abilities could you feel a presence in the in the house growing up yeah yeah that's kind of those ambiance skills um and i don't i wouldn't call myself psychic i think i i think just some things i some things i get once in a while but i could never just kind of you know do it on call um but i think it's more empathic that maybe I would be called because I do feel where they might be or what it might be or the fact that it might be evil or not. And by the way, I think anybody can tell something's evil. It's because you feel it. You know, you've never, if you've never felt evil, you you know if you have. Let's put it that way. There's no just, you know if you feel evil. It's just evil. You don't even have to think about it. But the way that yeah, I would describe these, that feeling would be you, the hairs on the back of the neck standing up and just feeling the presence of some ominous, like you said, some kind of evil, like something's there. Yeah. 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 There was a time that this guy, um, I had just moved to Orlando. It was a long time ago, and I was looking for work. You know, my background's TV and radio and all that, so I was going to auditions at Universal Studios and things like that. And I went to an audition, and the guy there that was, uh, I guess, what would he be called? I guess he was the casting director. It was really for a film for one of the universities there. And that's where they held it at Universal. And the, it was a professor that was the casting director there. So we hit it off pretty – and that's a good thing. If you're auditioning and you hit it off with the casting director, well, that's a plus. Oh, yeah, get so a little talking, rapport going. Right? Sure, yeah. yeah, that's excellent. So he happened to be from Kentucky. And so all of a sudden, boom, more pals because we're both from Kentucky. And um, we ended up uh, talking along the way. He would let me know when other auditions were happening and things. And and he had said, well, a lot of times we go to uh, my students in his film class would go to his house because he had a lot of acreage around. And then in one area there was a lake and one area there was this and that. So it was a lot of 
they they could shoot there because they had plenty of room and be as noisy or whatever they needed to do. But they also had a lot of different backgrounds and different things they could use. Well, he kept telling me about it, and at one point he had said how his house was haunted, and he mentioned some other things. And I kept saying, oh, I want to go there sometime. I want to go there sometime. Well, he took me there one time, and I thought at one point. In, in Florida, everybody's got a pool for the most part, and they've got it screened in. And I remember standing by his lanai out there and looking out of the screen and just looking around thinking, oh, yeah, they, I can see where they do all this filming. And I, I kid you not, he was going to get something. He just said, hey, i got to go pick up something. If you want to go see the house, you can, and then we'll come back here. So I, I felt okay about that. Well, he went inside, and then as I was looking out, I felt evil i mean i felt that evil for the first time that you and i are talking about and it was as though it was it was just like um like a spear was going in the back of my neck and I, you ever know when somebody stares at you and you're like hey quit that it was what i felt on the back of my neck but this evil feeling and i just thought oh my gosh why is he so close to me and what's going on why is he so e he's evil and I turned around, and about mm, ten feet away, I saw it wasn't the it wasn't the guy, it wasn't the professor. I saw something that looked like a ball, like a cloud, like a ball, but it was a cloud, so it was, you know, kind of a little round things everywhere, more uh, more of that round shape, but floaty like a cloud. And it was kind of darkish, a little like a gray cloud, like it was going to rain maybe. <laughs> and two huge eyes in it. That was it. And I, I couldn't believe what I saw. And it was looking right at me. It was just, it was uh, maybe nine feet off the ground. And I just turned back around and I thought, oh my gosh, is that what I, what was that? What, is that what I thought I saw? And I thought, okay, I'm going to turn back around and look again because I felt this evil. I looked again, and there were two of them. One was a little smaller than the other, but it was just a ball like a, like this circular cloud floating, and one seemed like it was one was bigger than the other, kind of like a parent and a kid is what it kind of came across. And I turned back around, and uh, it wasn't there when I had decided to finally turn back around again. But I just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, that's fascinating. Funny... That's fascinating oh. because there's been a lot of stories that I've heard that kind of describe the same thing where really? an entity that somebody sees, it's almost like there's a dominant one and then there's either one or several little wow. buddies. And I have my own theory about that because it, what, do, what do you think? Well, from what I have heard, hell is very, you know, it's about dominance. It's, it's a dog eat dog world. And these demonic beings, that's just how they function. They're in a hi hierarchical sort of pack dominance um, sort of society because it's all about who's stronger, who's more powerful, as opposed to who's wiser or good stuff like oh. that. So that's why you see the little oogly booglies, and there's usually a leader oogly boogly. Like even with aliens, like there'll be a, a tall gray, then you'll have a bunch of little helper grays and stuff like that. It's just a theory. Who really knows what the heck is going on? No, pretty good. That's what it. That's what it all is, right? When people tell you, hey, this happened, this happened, this, and this is what they are, you can't believe you watch those people because they need to say, just like you said, it's a theory. Because we don't know the answers. I don't care who anybody is. They don't know the answers. None of us do. We just, you know, have theories.
Exactly, and that's why I, 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 I'm trying my hardest to get off of this. You know, I believe this, I believe that, Alex Jones is a this or that. You know, there's so many different theories out there that at some point I just have to pull back and say, look, I, I got to get away from this. I don't even know what's real anymore. <laughs> I got to get back to basics. I know. <laughs> I know. And I love talking to people about it and learning what they've learned, but I don't like when they tell me this is it because then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll never, you know, they'll never listen to my side of what I've experienced, you know. And we need to do that with each other. What's oh, going we got on, a buddy. Girl? We got a buddy. Yep. I was like, what? What's happening? Did we bring in a, some spirit by talking like this? She, no. she, wants, she wants some camera time. <laughs> <laughs> and she does. Yeah, let me give it to her. Hold on. Oh, here she comes. She does want that. Here you oh, go. Oh, there she oh, is. And she always kisses me. <laughs> She's like, include me. What you got Isn't she fun? the best? <laughs> yeah, I love that uh, fur. It's, it's got a nice coat on her. Uh, oh, yeah. Sometimes she'll slip me the tongue by accident. And she's or... got the same hair color as her, as her mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I got a picture out there somewhere where we're both <laughs> like that. And, and I said something like, we go to the same hairstylist. <laughs> what are you looking at? What, what's her name? Penny Girl. Does she uh, go out in Bigfoot Hunt with you and all that? She has. <laughs> she has. It's amazing. There was a time... Where we were out, and uh, she was looking through the vehicle window out, and it, you know, I was holding her. It was a cold, cold night, and she was looking this way, then she uh, had turned this way, and she's looking this way, and then this way, real serious for about, I mean, I tell you, it was like twelve, fifteen minutes, and, and that's where there was activity earlier, right, where she was looking before, and then there was activity I was told about later. At, at the tent she was looking at. She's just going back and forth. And I was like, man, she's intense with this. So, yeah, yeah she's uh, gone. I, I like the idea that animals might be able to perceive things that we're not really able to. I mean, dogs with their incredible sense of smell. And I, I know uh, cats might be able to see certain spectrums and stuff like that. Like like with me, it's it's I have a cat. I don't have a dog. But um, she'll always be seeing, like, things that are there. And that really freaks me out because... <laughs> Like, there's got to be something there. I mean, the animal's not dumb. There's got to be something they're reacting to. You know what? Cats are, you know, I love catitude. But cats are like, if they know you're looking, all of a sudden they got to act like something else is more important. <laughs> you know? And it's kind of like, look at me. I'm not looking at anything for real, but look at me. You know? Yeah. That's I'm falling victim to some kitty mind games. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. That Hey, that could make you a viral youtube dude with that <laughs> kitty mind games <laughs> yeah see I, i'm trying too hard i'm trying to come up with all this intelligent interesting stuff all i need is some kitty yeah. videos <laughs> cat. that that's the best stuff on on youtube isn't it the cat stuff it's true that's some of the biggest stuff that goes viral for sure so uh, now it looks like to me you've got do you have three hundred thousand sixty five people or do you have three and a half uh, three and a half, unfortunately. But uh, oh man, it looks a whole lot bigger the way they got it written. Way to go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the reason why I'm I want to get into the video. Um, having that there, it's just it's it's a tremendous pull. I think it's a it's going to be tremendous for the marketing on YouTube. Um, I see a lot of shows that have the video have have quite a few more views and success and stuff like that. So that's actually one of the main reasons I'm doing this. I'd like to get up to maybe hundreds of thousands. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to hide my business stuff or anything. I'm trying to get up to the hundreds of thousands and may, maybe do something like Blue Rock Talk. Yeah, well, I think you already are doing that because that's 
you know, though, here's the, I hate to say this all on YouTube, but I mean, this is what I learned. Okay. So you want me to tell you or you want to talk the other stuff? No, go ahead. <laughs> I want right, to so you guys are <laughs> You guys are going to learn everything. It's the end of days radio and it is, it could be the end of um, Daniel being on YouTube maybe. Well, here's the thing with YouTube that is very hard. I, I like it. It's got a lot of great things to it. But the most important, if you're going to be a business and if you're going to, um, you know, make money on it, well, instead of pulling in a bazillion people one at a time on YouTube, right, one at a time, it's not easy. It's not. And, gosh, I have Coast as a background. It's like it's still not easy. And what happens is you don't get anybody's email address. YouTube does. You don't. And what's important is if you have an email address, then you have control to say, hey, Connie, I'm going to be on tomorrow night, and I might even be on the next night. Uh, and, and anything you say, you know it comes to me. So if you get, let's say, uh, 100,000 people on YouTube, you still don't have control of, of any of them. YouTube does. And the worst and if part you of get that is they, can, they can take it away at any time. Yes, and they do. And you're like, what just happened? I just lost a whole bunch of people. You have no control over that, right? And and they decide, you know, where it is listed in this and all these different things. So if you do your own show and uh, membership site subscription, well, you get your emails and you can talk to your people at any time and say, hey, you know what, guess what? I'm, I, I'm going somewhere for Christmas. So that show we were going to do is not happening. But I'll see you on New Year's. You know, you can do anything like that. And you know your people get it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing nowadays is, uh, you know, back when I was younger, the Internet was like the Wild West. Everything was very, wow, this is cool. This is the future information superhighway. And there were things like message boards and things like that, websites, uh, actual <laughs> yeah. sites people would make. But now it's yeah. like we've, we've all been pushed onto social media, and now, just like you said, we are all under their control, and people are getting, yes. they're, they're getting shadow banned, they're getting banned altogether, they're getting deplatformed, they're getting censored. It's, it's just not a good medium to do the paranormal truth conspiracy thing like it used to be. It's, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. So now... Um like I just turned mine into an app last week. It finally is on the iOS and and Android stores. So go to Blue Rock Talk, everybody, and download it. But it's um it is on a platform that you know. I, actually, I wish I did have a website because then I could control it even more. But you got to constantly update because everything is just updating every other day, right? Sorry, I got like Penny's hair on me. It's like it's driving me crazy. It's like get off me. Oh, those are the um, uh, spider webs uh, when you when there's you know, a ghost there. You walk through the spider webs and you feel that. Yes. Oh, that's what I got. It's like get off me. Uh, but it's it's um, you have more control the other way. You don't need that many people to enjoy what you're doing and be able to pay for all the apps and the platforms that you're doing. And uh, you know, you do little holiday specials. Like I got a little holiday special going on. Is it down in the uh, description? Do you have it down there? Oh, what's that? Uh, my uh, special holiday link and stuff. If you put oh, yeah, it, that, did you put it in the description? You yeah, I had that kind of on top before I brought you on. So I'm trying to make okay. it kind of a cinematic. Oh, oh thanks. Do you, do you have the link, uh, the information? 
Um, I believe it's on there. Um, it's kind of hard for me to pull up right now because it'll oh, pull okay. it up in front of your face. But um, if it's on I'll that thing oh. you sent me, then it's then it's uh, on there, and I'll be sure to bring. Wasn't there a, a code that you had? Um, I think yeah. those codes are really good for things like uh, uh, going on a podcast and stuff because you can give people like an exclusive savings. They're listening right now. Yeah, let me throw that out. That's what that's what I'm wondering. Is it in the YouTube thing? But uh, let's see here. I, I got. I it don't here. believe it was on that. Oh, okay. Because I remember go. thinking, oh, I got to remind her to throw that promo code. <laughs> Thank you. Let's see. How can I do? Oh, here we go. All right, here we go. You guys, you can save on my show. Let's see if it sends it. There you go. You save twenty percent right now for Christmas. I think it's a great idea to give. A lot of people ask me, what do I give somebody that that you know? They'll ask me about their boyfriends or husbands or different things like that. And and uh, first of all, guys, if you want to get women anything, get us massages, facials, all-day spa stuff. We never get sick of it. Never. Take us out to dinner, romantic dinner. Never get sick of that. Don't worry about giving that to us every year. But um, it's harder for some other people that kind of have everything or maybe you can't give them that. You can give that to your significant other, right? But it is cool to give them, if you already know they're a big footer or a UFO person or into something like that, get them a subscription. I mean, there's a ton of people that have it, so maybe you like someone better than you like me. But I gave you the idea, so give me a try. But either give them a month or maybe a, a year and let them decide if they like it or not, if you give them a month to keep going. Um, but then again, you're only giving them an $8 gift at that point. So I don't know how close they are to you when that's the case. But you can give them an annual one, too. But people don't think that they can give those as gifts, and you can. So just it's just another thing to think about when you get get it for someone else or you're trying to find something for somebody else. And if you're already in it or if you do get in it, it's fun to bring one of your other friends that maybe lives in another state, especially this show, because it's very interactive, Daniel. That's what's very different about it. It's interactive. I take you somewhere, and you're right there in the live chat going, Connie, there's something weird to your left. Watch out. Go that away. It's just fun, and everybody has a good time. So I'm I, trying I, I to love do that because this, yeah. this is the social media age, and the more you can bring people in and engage them, the more fun that they're going to have. That's what it's all about. It's about gathering together on a Saturday night and having a good time. Yeah, it is. It's fun, and especially when it's really creepy and scary, for real. We were at, um, you know, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky. I'm not familiar it's a with bit. it. Oh, it's a huge building. Anybody that's into the ghost world, they know that place. It's one of the top ten uh, haunted places on the planet. They they claim to be the, the number one place, and they may be. It, it, but, I mean, we were there. Everybody's creeped out. We were at the haunted graveyard. One guy got nailed, uh, and he hurt for like three days. He was like, oh, my gosh. Uh. And, and you can see the archives of all this stuff. But even the other day, we were at... Uh, where um, uh, Bishop James Long, I don't know if you've ever got to interview him or anything, but let me know if you need him. He was there. And he, he had deemed it the gates of hell because here he is an exorcist. He's done 28 real ones, and he, this is the only place he believes is scary as hell. So he calls it gates of hell, and he saw this 15-foot uh, thing that had bat wings and red eyes one time, and all these other weird silhouette things going in circles. So that's why he calls it the gates of hell, and we call that now the gatekeeper. And 
We were there the other night doing the show. And when, when people tell me that they've seen a, a silhouette or a shadow, especially if it's tall, I tend to believe them because I have had experiences with those things, whatever they are, those shadowy figures, and oftentimes they're strangely tall, like 11 foot tall, 15 foot tall. Ooh. And from what I can tell, they seem to be able to shape shift too. So you have some that are wearing hats, some that are hunched over, some that are like half a person. Mm. Um, uh. Again, I have no idea what those things are, but they seem to always show up at those scary sort of sites. Yeah, that's why, you know, on the road with Connie Project is cool because it's all about creepy hotspots. It's just fun. People like that creep factor. And when it's live and you're watching other people safely from your own home, right, it's kind of like, oh, uh, give me some more popcorn or give me, you know, whatever you're drinking. And let's watch uh, uh, something jump on Connie's back or one of her friends back. <laughs> it, it's funny. I'm looking in your live chat right now. And Brad Mulder is Dr. It's in, over there in the house. It, that is Dr. Mulder, who uh, does wishing machines. You might want to interview him sometime. Uh, he does radionics stuff. Uh, it's called the wishing machine. He was one of the people in our last investigation that was out there at this place that was the gates of hell. So, uh, Brad, how scary was that? from your side they were creeped out when they first got there so that all shows up so you might want to get him for one of your next interviews he's really cool but where have you been that you've seen all that daniel um actually i, I hate to say it but most of it's just been at home <laughs> is what is, most, most is, of it's been it, at home yeah oh it's your house oh i grew up like that yeah and it's not fun it's so strange because it's like in the past i i had these problems like my family had this, these problems with these hauntings and stuff. But when I became an adult, I, I guess I kind of learned how to keep things more positive and, and, keep, and create a more positive vib vibration in the house. And it really hasn't happened in recent memory. And I do think it's just because of me and not allowing those kind of personal demons to set in and not bring, bring down the vibration or whatever inside the house because it, it just has not been a problem like it was when I was a scared little kid. I don't know why that is. Ah. I, you know what, when um, it, it's funny because if you grow up in it, you don't know that anybody else is any different. So when I start staying the night at people's house, you know, you get older, you go, oh, we're going to go stay over at so-and-so's house. And then you start, you know, slumber parties, all that kind of age. Um, I noticed that I could actually sleep. <laughs> and when I went away to college in a dorm, I noticed that, oh, I can actually sleep. So all those years I never slept because I was always scared to death. And you might have fallen into that, too. Is that right or no? I, Did I, you fall asleep? I think so. And I think it has something to do with the, like when you Being go out on these ghost hunts and stuff <laughs> like that, there, there does tend to be fear in the air. It's part of the excitement. But yeah. what happens if these beings actually feed off of that fear or somehow it empowers them? Uh, yeah. I, I do think there's something like that going on where the more scared you get, the more they're actually able to kind of get in your head, get in your world, and you know make the oogly-boogly stuff appear in front of you and scare the crap out of you and stuff like that. Yeah, I think there must be something to that blanket over your head thing. It seems to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the more, the more you believe that the boogeyman's in the closet or the monster's in the closet, the better chance there's going to be a monster in the closet. That's That's kind of the way that I see it, like... Oh, you think so? Okay. Yeah, like somehow by me acknowledging, like the movie The Exorcist, like it all started once they gave the entity a name and they started paying attention to it. And it pretended to be a dead person. And they do that a lot too. 
And then the, the creepy, oogly-boogly stuff starts happening. It's like, oh, my God, this is getting out of control. And next thing you know, you're overrun with this demonic craziness, not really knowing that you kind of enabled it in the first place, like inviting a vampire into your home. It's kind of like uh, Poltergeist. Do you have uh, favorite scary movies? Um, you know, I, you know, I think I used to watch all that kind of stuff a long time ago, and then I started getting into the reality shows of the well let me i wouldn't call those reality shows but remember like was it monster quest that was a good one i started liking those shows where they were you know somebody would tell their story and they would reenact it that was cool uh but i don't really watch them anymore you know because and i think the reason why and there's some great shows out there too that people that are um you know, like the dramas, like a supernatural type, like supernatural, I think that's even one of the names. They have these great dramas across the board. But you know what? I'd rather go out and do it myself and learn what it really is because that's what they're all based off of, really the things that we go out and figure out. Of course, they think we're nuts, but they'll do a show on it, right, make it this incredible series that everybody loves. And that same series that ends up winning all these awards and getting so many people watching it, number one ratings, um, are watched by the people that don't believe us, but they like to watch the drama of it, that, but they don't think it's real. So there's something to that, right? Because they think we're nuts. We're the ones going, hey, if they didn't hear us tell you that this happens, that would never be on that show. But I'd rather go out and experience it myself because I want to get whatever the truth is of it. Because I really want to know what these things are. What are they? <laughs> What is it? And when people say, oh, well, it's this, and a ghost is that, and, and Bigfoot is this, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. And, and it does destroy a person's credibility when they make too many assumptions. If you don't keep it open, uh, people are going to think, okay, this, this guy thinks that he knows it all, but it, really, you know, the shadow being stuff like that, I don't know what they are. I can't put a label on no. that. Otherwise, I'm yeah. going to have to write a 500-page <laughs> bullshit book about a bunch of made-up stuff and you know that's what some people do that's what some people do (laughs) they make money off of it and they got a following like you wouldn't believe and i'm like you guys they just wrote a book they don't know yeah yeah in in in, in our position interviewing people i mean again these things are going to conflict you got to stay kind of objective to even be able to do this because next thing you know oh Daniel, he's a hardcore Christian. I can't go on his show. Or Daniel, he's not a Christian. I can't go on his show. You run into a lot of stuff like that. Yes, 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 yes. Well, um, well, I've gone to church all my life. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in uh, Holy Spirit. And you know, I, I call God God. A lot of people call the universe source. It's all really the same thing. I just happen to be a little closer and call it God, kind of like a Joe, you know. Hey, <laughs> at least I got a name. I don't say universe, but I'll say that for other people. And, you know, that's just how I grew up. And it's all about kind of how you grew up and what you're comfortable with. As long, Really, the, the main thing in all of our lives is belief in something. And um, whatever your belief is, whatever, but... It's. It shouldn't matter, you know. You can still see a Bigfoot run across, and you go, "Well, guess what? I saw a Bigfoot, and I still believe in God." Or, you know, that person still believes in the universe, and that person still doesn't believe in anything. But we do know that we just saw a Bigfoot run across our face. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, I yeah, know, yeah. No, I, I I know exactly what you mean, and I've kind of had an experience okay. where. 
I, I was atheist probably since I was a teenager, a rebellious teenager, up until just probably a couple years ago. And when I finally let God back into my life, my life changed. It blossomed in a different way kind of thing, in a good way? Yeah, and I didn't become any more stupid or superstitious or anything <laughs> like that. It's not about that. You're not thumping that. around the Bible like no. people think. I mean, come on. What's no. wrong with these people? And they should allow you to feel how you want to feel. The only thing I believe is, you know, I believe in uh, uh, Christ as well. I believe that we have a creator. I believe there's some kind of absolute loving creator out there. And that's kind of where it stops for me. I don't get into all these little details and stuff like that. But when I kind of just gave up control, things got better for me because I didn't have to worry anymore. Yes, that is what, that is it right there. You give up control. As soon as you do, conflicts go away. That friction goes away with anybody and everybody, and which is nice. As simple as that, right? Be, being a person of faith, have you have you run into a lot of criticism for it? Yeah, you do, but you know, you just look at them like, okay, should I criticize you for not having any beliefs? You poor, sad, mean person <laughs> that's like pointing your finger at me. Guess what? I'm not pointing my finger at you and you think something differently because you know what? I'm going to allow you to be who you are and what you are. And, you know, you'll get it at one point because, uh, hey, you and I could say just like Bigfoot, you know, it's like, well, uh, it's a theory because honestly, it, it it is a theory still, right? None of us have really seen the burning bush, I guess. But you know what it does if you do believe in God? It makes, and you see one of these things, it makes God bigger. And it's hard to believe that because you already know, well, God's the biggest thing. And even if people don't believe, they still would know that everybody else would think that, well, God would be the biggest thing. How does it get bigger? I don't know how. That's why you don't have to be afraid of the 15-foot black shadow thing with wings because there is something bigger and better out there. There's a God out there. But you know what? It's, I, I'm still afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still afraid of it. Cause, and that's where Bishop James Long said, I'm like, James, come on. You fight demons. <laughs> you exercise demons. How can you be afraid of this? All of us ask them that. And he said, well, you know what? I know how... I know what a demon is. I know how to attack them, how to face them, and what to do with them because we have procedures, and this is what we do. And he said, but this thing, I don't know what it is. So I don't know what to do. And he, he, he said he did not know what it was. So that's interesting because he didn't see it as demonic, uh, but he was scared to death. And they, these things were saying, get out, get out, get out. Well, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's extraterrestrial. Because if these things are flying like that, maybe it's extraterrestrial, the other or interdimensional or something else. So and doesn't mean it's not evil. Um, but what we found the other night, you know, we went there to try to, uh, you know, see if we couldn't capture that on video or camera of some way. However, what ended up happening is a lot of Bigfoot activity. And I believe from what they had said, and Brad was the one out there that's in your uh, live chat right now, he and they had something run across. This, it was at a cemetery. Something ran across that was like that kind of sound, which is a Bigfoot sound. When you hear that, sounds like two ch uh, chalk erasers hitting. That's their feet hitting the ground. Uh, usually is, is uh, you know, what we all believe in and have experienced. And it was more of a Bigfoot that went 
through and they ran. <laughs> is that is that right, Brad? Eleven people saw eight foot shadow creature last Friday along with Bishop James at the gates of hell. Uh rightly named, by the way. Yeah. So And these things Isn't that something? They they do seem to have an ability to kind of um, evade the camera, but but there is footage out there. You might have to do a deep dive on YouTube, but I've seen plenty of it. People have got these things on camera. It does exist, yeah. and it's not all fake. Yeah, yeah, and I saw one uh, running up the mountainside uh, up in the Rockies, and I saw full body run up. We call it the scaling Bigfoot, because apparently someone else has a scaling Sasquatch out there. Oh, we call it the scaling Bigfoot, and I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. And I've seen other things, too, and had other experiences with them. The mind speak where they'll talk to you. And guess what? They have a sense of humor. They have feelings. It's amazing. They're precise to the to, – to the, to just they're, – they're, they're highly intelligent, and you know it immediately. You know it immediately. And you know what? You ready for this? I think that they can turn us off and on. So I don't know where they are with God. I don't know if it's us and there's a whole lot of stuff we don't know between us and God. But they have powers over us. That's where some people will say, well, they're evil. and then, uh, but, but more people say that about the... They think that the aliens are fallen angels, right? But the Bigfoot... A lot of people think they're just all about love, and they're descendants of some things in the Bible. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that answers a really key question because th- that question always does remain: Why are they able to evade us? But if they are able to get in a person's head, know a person's coming before you even see them, if they're able to manipulate humans in some way, that would answer all of those questions. That would explain why they're able to stay constantly outsmarting us and always stay kind of at, you know, uh, you, you tend to see them sometimes, but uh, other than people getting abducted and uh, maybe somebody capturing one for a little while, no one's able to really grab one and stick it in a cage. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> you, the Bigfoot or the Greys or either or <laughs> anything, both, any creature, yeah. put it in a cage. It's not as scary that way. <laughs> I think I think they're going okay because I think they have total telepathy. All of them, they know what we're thinking, uh, so uh, they know we're there. Whatever. I think once in a while, for some reason, somebody can get a shot. I think it's because maybe they allow it, or for whatever reason, I don't know. But um, I bet if they. If you were around and they heard that or knew that in your head instantly, they'd be like, all right, buddy, we're putting you in a cage and see how you like it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I hear these stories like there's that famous one um, where the guys are like in the cabin and Bigfoot is just like throwing rocks at the roof and he's pounding on the sides. And I'm thinking like, what is he doing? Is he trying to scare them? Is he trying to hurt them? Is it like a territorial thing? I, it, it makes you kind of afraid to go on the Bigfoot hunts and stuff like that because you're yeah. talking about a creature that's uh, you know up to like 12 foot tall and many Native American tribes do have the the tales of Sasquatch actually eating people and abducting women and doing stuff like that. It makes you wonder: Are some mean? Are some nice? Are they? Yeah. Did they, did they prey on people in the past? I mean, you you do have stories like that, especially from the Native American culture. And what's tricky about that is they can't really write it down. It's just all passed down orally. So a lot of that actual knowledge kind of get 
gets uh, dismissed as a myth, myth and yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, and the hmm, I think well, there's a lot of people think total love. That's it. They're totally love. They're totally love. Uh, I think there's different uh, personalities, just like you were saying. I think they're they're individualistic, and I think they just go from there. And I think you got some wild and crazy ones that are juveniles that are all over the place. And I think some of those get seen along the way because they don't know any better yet. And I think, uh, you know, I think they're in families. And then I think the families are in clans and groups or, you know, tribes, whatever you might call it. But they're out there. They're real. And when you see one, it changes your entire world instantly. You're like, okay, what is the truth about all of us? (laughs) What would you say are the best Bigfoot spots? Well, once you even see one, it's almost like all this information kind of is downloaded into you. uh, And you just have a knowing, not only that they're real, and you're just, it just blows your mind. Everything changes inside you. But... I think they're everywhere. I mean, the the very first time I was ever around one was in Alabama, and all these people were telling me about it. And uh, so they kind of asked me questions for many weeks before we went there, many hours, and kind of talking to me about this, preparing me. And I was going there to interview people. And the very first time we got out of the vehicle in this area in Alabama, um, trying to find a place to camp, I remember getting out, and it was just though something – I felt like something was watching me, and I I just all of a sudden had this knowing, and I repeated what was, like, downloaded to me. It's weird. You only can understand that when it happens to you. I hope people can at least believe me enough to go, that's interesting, and then when it happens to them, they'll go, oh, my gosh, that's what she was talking about, because that's what it feels like. All of a sudden, you have this information, and that very first piece of information was that they are everywhere. They are highly advanced, and they are everywhere. And that instant, boom, they're everywhere. Um, you go into any forest, any national forest, any happy little park with a lot of woods around you, <laughs> they're right there. In fact, that first place, it was like eight minutes away from a Home Depot and the, and the town. I mean, you don't have to go far, far, far. Now, the, to answer your question, too, about where I think maybe maybe a lot are or where they all might be or whatever, a lot of the people in the Pacific Northwest believe that it is absolutely there and they are king of it. I can't really say that. I know they're all over the Rockies just as much, uh, I think, as much. I don't, I don't know. I just know that they're everywhere. I know they're all over Kentucky, and Kentucky has all the mammoth. They have the biggest tunnel system. I think on the planet uh, that most have been found there, which to me, I kind of think, I don't know, but I kind of think that they might all live underground and there's like huge cities and all sorts of stuff down there. And we're the surface people. I kind of think that could be true because they come up out of the Rockies. They come up out of the mountains, these national forests that you know close at 7 p.m. and open back up at 7 a.m. Why is that? Why are they protected? Who else knows about these things? Are they there because it's protected or did they protect it because it's really, oh, we're protecting it, but get out of there at 7. You know? Yeah, you know, get out a, of there when the sun goes down. There's this guy my buddy Todd he always brings up. I think his, uh, I, I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, but I believe his name's David Polites. 
and I, I'm yeah, pretty sure he's been on. David. Yeah, I think he covers the disappearances in the parks and stuff like that. Yep. Something yep. going on there. Something going on. Yeah, yeah, he was a detective, so he, he can kind of get into some of the uh, really cooler areas where he can get some paperwork maybe through some of the police officers, you know, that might have it or rangers or somewhere we shouldn't get that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's in Colorado. Uh, uh, he's found out the same kind of stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. You, you know, it's if, real. If I didn't live here, I would probably go to Colorado. Because and where are you? I'm in Washington, Seattle okay. area. Oh, oh, but dude, yeah, you're all over where you are. Yeah, I just got to step into the trees. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah. I, I, if yeah, it wasn't yeah, here, true. it would probably be there because that is a nice area. That is a nice yeah. country. Well, you have so many Bigfooters up there where you are, and it's so those forests there. I've never seen parks and forests like. The Pacific Northwest. I mean, there's some areas in the Rockies that have that look, but it's not consistent. Like you guys, it's almost like books that were read to me as a kid that they had these pictures and it was all fairy tale stuff. Uh, it's mystical, magical, where Hansel and Gretel would walk or, you know, Shrek would live or whatever. It, it, it's just magical. That Those forests out there are unbelievable. I didn't oh, know oh, they Connie, existed. If you ever come up here, we, we will go out. I've got my Discover Pass. I've got my 4x4. Four, four four. We can go out and see all Excellent. the cool stuff. <laughs> Excellent. So are you So you are doing that then? That's cool. Uh, actually, it's. Uh, I kind of alluded to this when we first started talking, but I, I have been trying to get into the outdoors. I mean, I'm sitting here behind yeah. a computer screen. You start to get pale. you got to get that sun. That's my major motivation is to go out there and get that sun. So I've been exploring the state parks and things like that. And, you you know, you are exactly right. People associate Washington like it's cold. The beaches are cold and they're rocky. But they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And there's yes. so many of them. If you look at a map, it's just one big beach. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing up there. But you know what? You guys have, um, like, there's so many Bigfooters up there. So many. But they you guys also have like one of my friends, she's actually from Kentucky, but she's living up there now. And she goes to an area, they call it the field of dreams. And, uh, it's Samantha Ellen Ritchie. She has been, she'll take pictures. And some people think, I don't know, sometimes you can just pull something out of a picture and think it looks like something. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people think that's all she does. But if you take a look at her stuff, it's pretty amazing. She'll take pictures. You might see a Bigfoot, but she's been finding what she calls, I, I don't see, she used to call them little people, but I think the little people have been differentiated as the, the three foot tall little people that mm-hmm. apparently are pretty mean that walk around in the woods. But she, so she has That's called scary. them now micro people. I know. I'm like, I want to get away from the little people. Oh, got but I think she calls them micro people now. And they're a little tiny. And she'll get a picture of them. I kid you not. There's one called Sal. I have fallen in love with Sal. He's got this like blonde or white hair. Got a nice little curves over and looks very artistic and got like a little suspenders and like a writing pen. And it, I, it's amazing. You can see clothes on them with little buttons and hats, and it's amazing. And that's all up where you are. You know, I believe it because I know that there are documented real finds. Like there's the, the one with the guy that's just about six inches tall 
And they looked into it, everything, and it turned out that was an actual body. They don't know if it's a mutant or some kind of deformed fetus or what, but, it, you know, he had the full-grown features. So if somebody can be six inches tall, who's to say they can't be one or two inches tall? Yeah, look at all the life around us we don't even know that's, like, creepy crawly or swimming in the oceans or whatever. So why wouldn't they be other little bipedal things yeah, you, you got like a, us? you got an octopus the size of a penny. Then you got an octopus the size of a truck. So oh, who's yeah. to say? And humans, too. I mean, um, you know, one topic that's close to the Bigfoot topic is the topic of giants. There's some people that think yeah. that there are either giants on the, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this one before, giants on the earth, and you have evidence of that. People walking around, you've got pro wrestlers that are seven foot, almost eight foot tall. There's <laughs> got to be something going on there. You know, the big show, Andre the Giant, people like that. Some of these basketball players like... Uh, Shaquille O'Neal or Yao Ming, people like that. I know there's like hormone imbalances and stuff like that, but still, there's got to be some kind of residual genetics or something going on there. There's got to be something, yeah. And I don't know why. What's the big secret? That's the thing. Why? Okay, I've seen the Bigfoot. I've seen uh, beams of light coming down. I mean, that was freaky. All over, if I just see it in one spot in the Rockies, well, how how many more are out there? Um, but all that stuff is real, and when you see it, you go, okay, why isn't anybody doing anything about it? Because, okay, think about the old movies, the old black and white movies where there's Frankenstein and, uh, you know, all those really kind of classic ones. Back then, at least in the movies, and I think this would happen as well, you've got this little town, everybody knows everybody, and all of a sudden there's this monster Okay, so they all start knocking on everybody's doors. Okay, there's a monster, and it's, and it's got our little girl. Whatever it is, the community gets together to go get the little girl and, and get the monster, right? I mean, wouldn't that be the case anyway? If that was the case, where I am or you are, if something happens like that and they're knocking at the door, you would go get – there's a real monster out here. What do we do? Well, you say anything, everybody laughs. The cops are like, oh, yeah, whatever. Nobody goes after these things, and they're real. They're real. So if they're not going after, when you see some 12 to 15 foot thing that's gigantic and intelligent, extremely intelligent, why is anybody like protecting us from it? Why is anybody telling us what that is? Why are we out in the middle of, uh, you know, the forest taking a walk and they're with us? Why is anybody telling us anything about it? Why? Yeah, you know, that's a big question. Th that's, that's a great point because. Sometimes people will, you know, Daniel, what's so special about you? Why do you have all these experiences and stuff like that? But really the answer is because I kind of go out looking for it. I mean, if you're going out and you're going to the right spots and you have that mentality of I'm not afraid and I'm open to these experiences, I, I think they do kind of come to you a little bit. Yeah. Whereas yeah. somebody that's a hardcore atheist and they don't believe in anything, they're going to have more trouble because they might see the blue flash or the shadow person. They're going to they're going to dismiss it as something else. They're going to say something was casting yes. a shadow. They're going to come up with excuses, conspiracy theories, <laughs> conspiracy theories of why it's not what it is. You're right. You're right. And and when you do go bigfooting, it like you know take a couple people, do it with a couple people. If you have one of those people. That is extremely skepti skeptical. Did I say that right? Blah, 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 blah. It's been a long day. Um, but they, like you said, they don't believe in anything and uh, mean to, mean-spirited. They will not come around. They just don't. A lot of people told me that, too. They're like, okay, okay, we're, we got ten people showing up uh, on Saturday night. 
and uh, one of those guys over there and that girl, don't go out with them when you separate, you know, if you just go looking. You don't have to. To me, just stay where you're at. But a lot of people do that. They'll pair off and just walk around the different trails uh, at different places. Kind of everybody kind of does it their own way. And so, so if you're paired off with one of these people that they will never like, well, you're not going to have an experience. So your friends are going to say, stay away from, don't, don't walk with that one or that one. Cause you'll never see anything. And when people say, um, don't bring a gun cause they know you have a gun. Nope. You can bring a gun because you don't know if there's going to be lions and tigers and bears around you, especially the Rockies and where you're at up there uh, and other places, too. You know, you don't want to get eaten by one of those. You're in the wild, <laughs> you, you know, so pack a gun if you can, if you've got one. I'm, I, I'm always with people that do. So that's good. That was one I'd of the like, mistakes I made because when I started to get into doing going it or not woods, doing it. Well, yeah. the mistake I made was doing just that. I was going into the woods with no weapons, nothing, oh. just with a fishing pole, and that was about it. And I actually, You're in the wilderness. <laughs> I, I actually almost ran into a pack of wolves. I told the story on the show before, but it was just me out there. I thought there were coyotes at first, but I recorded it, and I compared it to YouTube and found out I was actually listening to a pack of wolves. They're coming back in the state. But since then, I started always bringing either a heavy flashlight, some sort of survival knife. Um, I don't own many guns, but you know, if I was going deep in the woods, I'd probably bring a shotgun or something like that. Not to shoot Bigfoot, but just to protect myself from legitimate threats, bears, uh, coyotes, wolves, uh, mountain lions especially will get you real quick. Yeah, and and that's where um, they know your intent. Because some people will say, don't worry, don't have a gun, they will stay away from you. No, they know your intent. If your intent is just to save yourself and not kill them, okay, they're cool. But if they believe that you're there to kill them, then they're not going to come around you. And that's where uh, that mental thing, they they know what you're there for. They know what it's all about. In fact, the very first night that I was there out doing this, it was in Alabama, and, and you know, when I first got out of the vehicle and I looked around, I thought I saw something, and I definitely felt something. That's when I got that download of they're highly advanced and they're everywhere. But later that night, when they shook the tent I was in, uh, you know, they were telling me, go ahead and unzip this area of the tent, you know, those nylon tents, and there's a window, you just unzip it. And they were like, go ahead, unzip it, you're going to see us. Holy and, crap, that is yeah. pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and I got that. And I was like, and I said, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not ready for it. You know, because I wasn't. I didn't think it was going to happen like that. People say they're out for 20 years and they never see anything. They say how rare it is. That's just obviously not true because that first night, everything was happening. And when I said, oh, no, you know, it had said, well, isn't that what you're here for? That's what it said to me. <laughs> well, isn't that what you're here for? I'm like, I knew that wasn't my mind. I'm not thinking of a voice either. I'm not making this stuff up. Would I make up, would I say that if I was? I don't know. But that was like, Wow. Hmm. You're right. I guess that is why I came. And, you <laughs> I'm know, not that, ready. I'm not ready. That's how you feel when you have those experiences. When you see something paranormal or supernatural, you think to yourself, you know, we don't know. We don't know Jack. We don't know anything. This does not fit into what I was taught in school. It just does not fit into what I see on TV. It doesn't fit into any of that academic stuff. It's something completely different. Whatever's going on out there, you know, you, you can just come up with theories. That's it. Yeah. Well, and that's the hard thing, too. It's what happens, like, usually if you see something, uh, whatever it is, maybe you show me uh, or I show you a new microphone, and you've never seen this microphone before, and you're like, oh, cool. Well, 
you know it's a microphone and your everything in your body kind of goes to the files of the past and your experiences and maybe whatever you've seen in books or whatever. And you, so you immediately know it's a microphone and you start seeing other things that it's different. Like, I don't know if you can see mine, but you know, it's, Oh, look, it's got this and that. And it's called this. And it's on a, uh, yeah, oh, that, yeah, uh, $1,200 microphone you got there. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to, good to have been in radio and, yeah, and that's the a engineers nice take care of you. <laughs> Thanks. It is. You, you are so right. It was mm-hmm. nice to have, but, your mind knows where to go and knows how to label it. But when you see one of these things or the UFO and the beams, you know, these types of things, your mind go, it, it's, it's looking. It's like it's looking for the files in your head. It's looking for it. And, it, and it's saying does not compute, does not compute, does not compute, cannot find, cannot find. And you feel that where, oh, no, it is totally blank. I have no information in me about whatever that is. And then you start thinking, okay, well, I believe in God, but wait a minute. Am I a computer that is just this is what I'm made of? And uh, they just didn't put that program in me yet, and that's why I'm hitting a brick wall? That's why it makes no sense? That's why I can't come up with answers? Because that program has not been put into me how about, or any of us. How about, the idea of, of, how about the idea of a guardian angel? I don't know. Check it out. Maybe maybe you'll find that answer. Because what, I mean, what I you don't... described, it almost does sound like a guardian angel. I mean, not to say that what was speaking to you was one, but it does kind of feel that way. Like, you know, you get a voice in your head and it's saying, don't walk down that alley or don't grab that branch. Yes, yes. And, well, a lot of people think that these are all love. Especially in your part of the country, they a lot of people up there believe into that. I'm not saying it's not or not, but I do think that there are some that aren't the nicest. I don't know, you know. I mean, I still just kind of hold back. I don't totally throw anything out there yet because who knows what? Uh, a lot of people don't think they ever speak to you. Well, I can say yes, they do, uh, but maybe they just don't like you. You know, <laughs> maybe they don't yeah. want to talk to you. You know, <laughs> but. Um, the difference to me on that is, you know who talked about – I talked about this with Cliff uh, Barrickman of Finding Bigfoot. You know Cliff? Uh, no, but please continue. Do you remember Finding Bigfoot with Bobo and all them? Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Oh, the TV show? Okay. All right. Well, one of them's name was Cliff uh, Barrickman, and he had said that. He had said something like, I don't think you're hearing Bigfoot. I think there's a voice, and I think he was talking more of – the guardian angel voice, though maybe he didn't label it as a guardian angel, but speaking like what you're talking about. And I think he was thinking of good. I don't know that he was talking of evil because you could probably get that too. But uh, I had told him, I said, ah, I know what you're talking about because I've, I've had that voice along the way. I always called that voice the Holy Spirit growing up. And if you were in some other religion, you probably called it that too, whatever that was, right? Maybe even what you're saying. But uh, I said, no, it, it was different. The Bigfoot that was there was diff, was different, and he said, "Well, how was that?" And here's the answer: um, When I've heard that other message, like you say, uh, you know, go left or don't do this or don't go down that alley, that I've always heard in a way. Well, let's put it this way: the the, the Sasquatch talking to me was more as if it was you talking to me in the room. It was talking, hey, well, you, you know, it was a conversation like this, 
on the same level. It wasn't just this, don't go down that alley. <laughs> Does that make sense? It was yeah, different. I think I know what you mean. It's almost like first, this, third this thing that was talking to you, it's almost like it had an insight into what you were there for, how you felt about the situation. It's almost like it kind of knew you intimately. Yeah, and it was right there around us. It wasn't like uh, uh, this all, you know, boom. <laughs> I don't know if I can put it into words, but yeah, part of that, part of that was that. It it was just there. It was almost like if you said, hey, Connie, look out the window. That's why you're here, right? You would say that. That's why you're here. The other is never like you, it, me. That was, though, because later on that night when I was in a vehicle waiting for some other people to come back in and I was in the middle of nowhere going, do I turn on the engine or do I turn off the engine? Which one? Because I'm in the I'm in the car by myself and everybody just left me. <laughs> I've already had crazy experiences. Now, are they going to come up to me while I'm here and I have to see their face right in the window? Because that was scared me. And so when I was sitting there, I just went, man, I wonder why they hide. Because everybody's looking, right? And we hear them, we, we hear them walking, we hear them making noises. And so I just remember going, I wonder why they hide. And I heard that voice again. And the voice said, um, uh, because our face frightened, yeah, because our face frightens you and that makes us sad. Well, here we go. You, us, feelings. <laughs> it actually had feelings by saying that. And, it was so different than that other voice, like the Holy Spirit, like the, um, you know, Uncle Sam that people call it. You know, maybe they're and they're guardian angels and things like that. That they that, that makes me that wonder. Make sense? Uh, yeah, totally. And and part of that is because I've I've heard other theories that perhaps caveman humans, um, you know, Cro-Magnum, um, Homo erectus, uh, what's the other one, Neanderthal, um, perhaps all of them or one of them. Uh, they they had better psychic faculties where say one of them gets separated from its girlfriend its lover it could it could actually feel the presence of that person somewhere out there and just walk in the right direction until it meets that person but but with us our our written language and all this stuff flying in front of us it's it's caused our, uh, our our psychic sort of ability to talk to each other to kind of atrophy and and become unusable because we've gotten so used to having this great thing called language that makes life easier yet. Yeah, but, you know, who knows? Another theory. We, yeah. we might have calcified pineal glands or something like that. Yeah, uh, you hear yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. something there. Like, it could be that they just switch us off. Somebody, somebody has switched us off, and maybe that's what happened. They either came from underground and said, "Hey, we're going to control these people." Maybe they're the ones who created us, and that it because and that's where. Look, I still believe in God, but. Did God create them? They created us? What, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of, they say there's a lot of missing things from the Bible. I don't know. I can't even claim to know. I don't know. But it seems that somebody's turned us off and these things know how to turn us back on and, and talk to us telepathy wise, uh, mind speak, because what the, the, the Bigfoot or mind speak, because basically Native Americans and the ET, it's telepathy. But we all have, they all have the same connections. That's, that's my big goal is pulling all those different connections together with all these things that we all don't know exist, that do exist. And so when they can turn you off and on like that, and they can, I, I believe they have control of time. So I think sometimes why we don't see them and then, um, especially in the Bigfoot world, you can walk by something and you don't see it, and then you turn around and there it is. Well, 
somebody had to come over here and drop, put that down before that could have happened. I just saw it three seconds ago. How come this my my hat that's been missing for five days is right there on the trail that I just walked by, and then something made me feel like turning around, but I just walked by there. I would have seen my big orange uh, fire engine hat, <laughs> you know. Um, turn it off, put it down, probably check you out, smell you, look at you. I don't know, maybe they fondle you a little bit. Who knows, these crazy things. And then they turn you back on, and and, and they're gone. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't know. <laughs> I think it could be way past even what we can imagine because we only have so much put into us of knowledge. Well, one thing it could it could be like it's almost like uh let's see what can I use that as an analogy? Like two light bulbs and one light bulb is shining really bright and when you take that shi- when you take that bright shining light bulb and move it closer to the light bulb that's not shining at all, the light bulb that's not shining at all gets brighter. Yeah. Maybe. Again, just a theory, but somehow by being next to something that's psychically strong or powerful, somehow we maybe we pick up on that charge and it kind of flexes that muscle in us. Could be. Mandela effect, as uh, Brad's saying in there. But you know what? It, you're right. It could be. It could be. Oh, that, Man- uh, that Mandela effect stuff is trippy. It is weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is because... Because when you can relate to some of them, too, and go, yeah, I knew that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's what's fun about it, though, right? Going up there and trying to figure it out. It's a mystery. It's exciting. It, we're not fighting about our uh, uh, um, politics. We're not debating about stuff. We're not bullying other people or getting bullied by other people. We're just out there trying to figure out uh, what it is, what it's about. And what it bottom line comes to me is – it will tell us who we are to each other, who we are as humans, and who we are to the universe, who we are to God, I think, by finding out what these creatures, these beings are. I think it will tell us a whole lot of who we are, and I think that's why we are turned off from it. And I don't really think it's us, other humans, that can turn us off. I don't think we have that power or control i think they do so either they have a big deal behind who we are and what we are and maybe they're part of uh creation of us or something or maybe we were somewhere else and they brought us over here and they shouldn't have i don't i don't know uh maybe we're the big test up here for them i don't know i don't know where god fits into any of that from what i was taught i don't know but i know they're here and i know I know, I know that they can turn us off and on. And for them to have that power, maybe they're the ones behind us just not knowing who they are. And maybe the special ones like us that go up there because we're so intrigued by it. There must be something behind that. Because I think, just like you, they like you. They know you. I think they know what, you know, me too. I think they're, they know, we all have this craving, this yearning, right? Like in Close Encounters, the guy was doing the the mashed potatoes, right? He had to get there. So there must be some sort of calling for us. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, analogy to bring (laughs) up. Uh, Close Encounter. Oh man, what a, what a classic movie. And I think that movie did strike some kind of chord like that, where if you want to see something, if you're open to it, it's almost like throughout space time, you can kind of connect with it and and make it happen or, or connect with these beings. And that sounds like it might be kind of what happened to you with the Sasquatch encounter. 
and you going out there now too, you know, and you've been noticing things all your life as well. Oh, I'm stopping after this. Fifteen foot tall shadow being. No, I'm done. No, it'll take you deeper. <laughs> You're gonna go deeper in the rabbit hole. Well, I am gonna go with a group. I'm not going out there by myself anymore. I learned that's yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> you have so many great people up there too. You have so many great people you can go with. They'll welcome you up there too. And uh, if you don't know them, I'll, I'll let you know who some of them are so you can go meet with them. Cool. Yeah, I'm always open to stuff like that, guest ideas and stuff like that. I do have a question. Uh, this comes from Todd. He's a listener. Um, if you don't want to play this game or answer it, that's totally fine. He wants you to okay. remote view what color his hair is. He wants what? He wants me, you to remote to view out. what color his hair is. Sorry. He wants me. To, oh, I'm sorry. It cut out again. Do, no worries. He wants me to know, tell him what color his hair is? Yes. You better tell me, ask me again. Todd wants you to guess. He wants you to remote view what color his hair is. Oh, oh, okay. So, Todd, remote viewing doesn't work like that. Um, it's You do it on paper and stuff like that. And I'm not psychic. I mean, I'm empathic. I can, I can sometimes I know stuff. I don't know how that happens, but I can't guess it. But I, I, I want to say it's, it's either blonde or you're, you have none. Oh, and it used to be blonde or something, but I just want to say blonde. But that that means nothing if I'm right or wrong, because I, I if I remote view, I have to. It's all paperwork. It's and but, uh, another thing. So what happened, you got? What you got? Oh boy, I'm not sure. I even remember. Come on, Todd, <laughs> bring it up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see what you got. <laughs> What's your hair color, Todd? Text it to me. Come and on, and I don't. I don't know. Remember, I don't know. <laughs> but he's got to tell us at least. Did I? Did I nail it? So he got like uh, that bright blonde hair, or he did, and now he shaves it, or what? Something like that. Well, the stream's just a few seconds behind, so I'll let him answer. Um, but okay. I, I did want to. I did want to ask you um, one thing that happened between when we last talked and now, of course, is of course is the um, death of the legendary Art Bell. Um, just kind of wanted to ask you your thoughts on that. Where were you when you heard it happen? How did you feel? How did you react? Well, um, I, I remember talking to George Norrie quickly after it. In fact, I'm trying to think who first told me. And I can't remember who even, I can't remember who first told me, but I remember that when it happened on Friday the 13th, I was on the air within 24 hours of it. And I thought, wow, you know, this is the, the classic guy, the guy, and it happens while I'm on coast and I get to be on during the first 24 hours of this. And I remember talking to George, and George was telling me, uh, you know, he had teared up uh, about it. And, uh, you know, there, it, it's, it's a long history of radio that a lot of people don't know the real stories, too. And um, it, there were relationships that were really tough because you probably know where people are like, they love art and they don't like George or vice versa. And it should have never been one or the other. And so you always had that there lingering around. Um, and it seemed that art would start a lot of that, right? And you never heard George's thoughts, did you? He is one of the nicest, kindest people you'll ever meet in your life. 
he doesn't badmouth anybody, doesn't talk bad about anything, and he is very short and sweet to the point and polite and kind. So uh, when he was telling me about it, and I, it might have even been him um, that told me first, but he was just saying how he, you know, he had to talk about it on the air the first night and kind of preparing me for the next night. For, with me being there. So I, you know, it's kind of held my, they grabbed my hand a little bit to be like, hang in there, you know, because uh, it's a big deal. Because the audience, he's a classic, Art Bell, right? That was the guy. That was, that was the man. Uh, there was actually a man that put that all together and, you know, they put Art on, but uh, then you got George taking over. I'm happy to be a part of it at all it's it's coast to coast but what i remember is i was on you know within 24 hours of it and a lot of rumors already going around at that point that he took his own life because it was friday the 13th and he wanted to end it like that and um, nobody really said that at the beginning that kind of came out later Uh, and he was in so much pain he was on all these pills and some people said it was accidental and you know a lot of that kind of stuff has come out if you've read any of these other things out there Uh, but it was um uh, it i don't really have a specific thought because i never met him in person i knew a lot about him and i did send him some stuff and we did talk back and forth before uh you know, technically before I ever came on coast and that was about it. You know, it was, I don't know. I I know a lot of things about him and when it happened, I too wondered, did he, is I thought it was, I thought it was just going to be fake. I thought it was fake. I thought that he really didn't die. It, It had to take people a little bit to, you know, when the people at coast, all the management, had called and said it happened. I didn't believe it really. So I guess somebody else must have told me ahead of time. It's all kind of a blur because there's other things that maybe one day I'll tell that that I shouldn't <laughs> now. Just shouldn't do it now. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I think it was it was just a sad thing all <laughs> around because yeah. um you know, it, it those are we're all kind of trying to fill those shoes and um, it's really impossible because art had this passion. He had a great voice and he was kind of the first, uh, I mean, I don't know if he was the absolute first. first. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's really tough because a lot of us idolized him, et cetera, et cetera. We were all hoping he'd come back for last one last run. Um, it didn't really materialize the way that we wanted. And, and there is a lot of that, um, you know, drama and toxic stuff out there yeah. about, about both guys, about art and George and, yeah. and, and, and neither one really gets a fair shake from these critics that are going online yeah. and, it's, and, you know, saying it's, it's very biased. It's not reality. It's very, you know, black and white. But that's not reality. Reality is not black and white. You know, there's there's a lot to it. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to stay away from that sort of toxic uh, discussion, yeah. especially now that art's gone. I think it's good to let him rest in peace. And, you know, it shouldn't be. They're two different people. You cannot compare them. Um, art was uh, more of this entertainment. Let me entertain you tonight. Let me do this. Let me do that. And um, that's the way he was. Now, the idea came from someone else. The idea was not arts. It came from someone else. He became the radio guy doing it. Uh, and then when he was gone or or when he was intermit- 
intermittently gone where he was away somewhere or whatever. Uh, George Norrie's there and he's filling in. Well, at one point, he w- and that's what happens in radio and TV. When you're filling in and all of a sudden that one person's gone, well, guess who's going to take it? The person that knows exactly what to do. And so uh, he's a, uh, George Norrie, a totally different guy. He's just a totally different person. He is uh, a polished broadcaster. And he is there to uh, not say what you think or what you saw or what you tell is true or not. He's there to listen to your story and let you get your story out. And I I have a ton of his traits, and I'm thankful for it because look who he is. And and I got some of the traits of art, and that's cool too because, you know, look at what he's done. So uh, they're just two different people, two totally different personalities, and that's it. And everybody should just like them each for who and what they are instead of just compare them. Because, it, uh, boy, if I had that chance that George Norrie got, I'd jump on there, too. Good for him. You know, in, in the world of radio, it's kind of like, all right, I got a gig. Great. <laughs> and this one just happens to be one of the coolest gigs out there. So I'm, you know, yeah, and, and radio good for can, him. Radio is, good uh, for him. is a very tough industry and i say that as a podcaster that's never actually done actual terrestrial radio but i'm listening to local radio oh my it is very competitive you know it's it's like you'll hear somebody on the radio for three months a program director won't like them so their producer is now behind the mic oh three months later they're gone and then they're gone it is so tough out there i don't even try to get into that because i know it's hard yeah it is it's so true i'm a big howard stern guy were you ever into him um, you know, no, because when he was, you know, like at the top, I guess, um, and he was, the, you know, the shock guy and everybody's like, oh my gosh, check this guy out. You know, I'm still, you know, I'm still a chick and he was very rude. <laughs> so no girl likes a guy like that. Uh, you know, that's when I had heard him. However, in the world of radio, he, you know, pulled out all the tricks and became number one. Now, I can't say that I was on a show, and this was kind of interesting. I was in Orlando at uh, radio station K92 FM, and I'm driving into, uh, I'm driving into work. Was that? Was that? Well, this is what I know. Someone told me about it because I didn't know I was on his show, but apparently somebody called in. And he said, oh, hold on. He put them on hold. And apparently, or they put it, whatever, they went on hold. I can't listen to me. I, I got caught off guard on this. Anyway, they were on hold. And the hold music was apparently with somebody out of Orlando that called him up. They go on hold. And the music was our show, our radio station. So you heard me talk. <laughs> and I was saying something like, oh, okay, no, FM, blah, 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 blah. And so he gets back on. And this is Howard now. He says something like, oh, that poor girl. I remember talking like that and having to do the thing she's doing right now. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So, that's awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, that's kind of neat. I had a little cameo. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that must have been a sign of things to come. I, I think Howard Maybe. was kind of blessing you. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. So, and and I guess yeah, I guess he's still on, right? Yeah, so, and um, up in serious there, taking guess, all I the guess, money, so none of the other jocks get any. <laughs> I guess now would be the time to kind of ask the um, feminist sort of question. Uh, being female, do you feel like your path in radio has been harder? Um, 
one great thing about radio and TV is that your audience will decide if they like you. Um, in TV, they do focus groups, right? You've seen that where people are in a room and they, they watch shows and even the Nielsen ratings and stuff like that. But, but they'll pull, they'll actually do focus groups where they will pull in people and they sit them down at a desk and, uh, at a round table and they ask them questions and people talk about the show and they, and then they get to the personalities and go, okay, what do you think of her? What do you think of him? That kind of thing. So I like that part. Because for the most part, those people are like, I like her. What I ended up getting in those focus groups were they liked me. I was one of them. I was the all-American girl. I was. Uh, they trusted me. They trusted me. And 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 the women liked me as much as the guys. Because guys will always like a woman, but women don't always like the woman. And I was not a threat. They just saw me as, oh yeah, she's well, she, she's one of me. So that's cool. So that was my biggest plus. And in radio, those same types of things happened. And we had diaries back then. And if they ever wrote your name down on a diary, that was like, that never happened. So when they did it, I mean, I had one of the biggest guys in radio consulting come to me at one time and goes, Connie, your name's all over those diaries. I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I didn't know what it meant at the time. Uh, you know, before that, and then I learned. Oh, I know what you're so, talking about those old, uh, not yeah. not the Nilsons, but the old way they used to do the radio. Yeah, yeah gotcha. The old diaries. Yeah, yeah. So if they wrote, wrote your name down, boom. Now if you tell someone to, boy, you can get you know canned and never come back to radio again. But those always turned out well for me. So what happens within some of these radio stations? Yeah, it was very tough being a woman. You never got paid what the guys got paid, ever. That I, not me, not the other women I knew. And I would actually hear, you know, back then where they said, well, you know, he's he's married and got a couple kids. You know, he needs to make more. And I'm thinking, but I'm bringing in the numbers. Wait a minute. I thought it was all based on ratings. And, you know, and it's, uh, nope, nope. And, and, boy, I could have sued those people now, right, taking them and sued them to say, what do you do with that? what is it called, feminist discrimination at that point or something, and said, because it was kind of like this guy's club. And they'll admit to it, too. The ones I know that I was in radio with, they would admit to that, too. Now, national radio is a little different. You know, you're going to be on. This is what the pay is, whether you're whoever you are. So it's a lot different. Thank goodness. And the more national stuff I did, it was always just a whole lot more professional. Not that all the local people were bad, but, you know, they did kind of do a, oh, well, it's a chick. Yeah, they did. It was a man's run business. And um, that was hard because especially when you're you're beating them in the ratings, you know, you're a team across the board. But if you have a lot higher ratings, that's what it should be based on. But thank goodness my thing was going out and meeting people and talking to them, and that's what helped my ratings go up. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because in, in media and even in music, like in music, there are female lead singers out there, some some very well-known ones, but not anything compared to the amount of men that are out there known as lead singers. And that seems weird to me because you would think like women kind of have the better voices at the end of the day. I mean, the more melodic sounding and 
uh, they can hit the high notes better. So why is that <laughs> like that? It's it's strange. It's some of the guys nowadays. I don't know. They can hit those high notes too. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you could be a, a a tranny and <laughs> you have all the same <laughs> accessibility as anybody else. It's a very different world nowadays. It's, <laughs> Everybody's taking everybody else's hormones and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. So, well, I had yeah, this idea uh, that I was going to be like, I was going to go conservative and I was going to kind of do the conservative radio thing. After about half an hour, I was done with that. I just was not me. Oh, <laughs> uh, would they beat you up and hate you and you know point the finger at you or what? You know, like. Rrr. Well, the thing is, is that- if I feel conservative about this topic or I feel conservative about this topic, I can't go and be non-conservative or liberal about this topic. They don't put up with that. If you you start to I go know. in that direction, they kick you right out of the club. Yeah, you got to be one or the other. It's like, wait a minute, I'm complex. I can be anything on any type of, you know, situation because things aren't black and white. I mean, you know, I don't get into the politics at all, but I know that if there's a situation, it is not black and white. You know, when you're in it, it's very different than if you're outside of it looking in and what you might do. But when you're in a situation, you know, all your past experiences create the reaction of what you do. And they just... Some of these people just don't want to believe that that could be the case. <laughs> well, you know, get in that. You know, I'm open enough to know that it is the case, and it's not black and white. And you gotta, you'll make those decisions when you get there. But I don't know. It seems like other people want to tell everybody else how they're going to react and how they should react. And it's so I stay out of it and go to the uh, mountains or the parks and enjoy trying to figure out who we are to the entire universe, who we are to God, who we are to each other. And when other people wake up to things bigger than us that are on the planet and in the planet and above the planet before, uh, you know, fighting with someone else, then we would become just one, like everybody wants anyway, at least the people that are out there fighting all the time. They want us all to be one. Well, that will do it because, and, and Reagan was talking about it a long time ago, you know, on those videos that you see with Ronald Reagan, you know, he was like, you know, we are one, we're humans, we're the human race. So if we just continue, if we just think bigger and go, okay, we're humans. And you know what? Guess what? You happen to be that color. I happen to be this color. You happen to like this and that. And you know, we're humans. And that's the great thing. And I'd rather we all stay I mean, I think humans get more and more beautiful the more times we mix because we get some of the best of each other, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, we can be pale white and then we, you know, African-Americans and then the Asian, the different beauties of each uh, races, when they come together, it can look gorgeous or it could go the other way too, right, I guess. But And that's all nice. But then if we all become just one looking thing, I like that we're all different. I like that variety. I don't want, you know, I love steak. I don't want steak every night. I think we should, I don't know, I could probably do steak every night. But you know what I'm saying? I'd rather be uh, all the individualistics uh, that we are because uh, being human and when it all breaks loose to where people know there are other federations and this and that, whatever is out there. Maybe they'll respect more that um, that we're all different in in a lot of ways. And in fact, we're all dif- dif- we're all different individually, but we're also all different in the in in our own people. If 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 that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Connie, being somebody that does go bigfoot hunting, somebody that loves the outdoors, loves exploring and hiking and stuff like that. This is a little bit political, but have you noticed any 
environmental damage? Have you have you ever looked at something and thought, wow, that's not how it should be? Are are you noticing stuff like that out there? That's climate change. <laughs> no. No, no. I don't think I don't believe in that. Now I haven't studied it like crazy like some of these other people, if that's what you're asking about. I just think Mother Nature could wipe us off the map in two seconds if Mother Nature thinks we're doing something wrong. And I believe that it just uh, adapts to us and finally eventually takes us out if, if that's what we're doing. And maybe we are, you know, doing some bad things. But uh, I think that whatever they think is going to happen in 100 billion years from now, I think they're not taking into account a whole lot of other variables that they, they don't even know that they don't even know that they don't know uh, between now and then. And I guess we'll never find out. So they can keep arguing the point. Uh, but I think they might be – I just think they might be a little crazier than us, you know, believing in uh, Bigfoot and that. Because you know what? We have the evidence of it. So they're out there. They're out there. I've seen them myself. But climate change, I just don't have any – it's not even a concern to me. It's not. Not that I'm I'm not going to go pollute. I'm not going to, you know, I care about my environment around me, but I just don't. Not worth getting up in arms about. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is in 100 billion years. Ori Geller, I had interviewed Ori Geller on Coast, and he was talking about that. Oh, wow, when was that? When was that? Yeah, this in the past year, maybe six months ago or something. And he's really nice and everything like that. And I'd always heard about him and got to talk to him. And and he starts talking about that. And I I learned, too, that I always heard his name, but I didn't know really a lot about him. So, you know, before going on the air with him, I saw all this stuff. Well, he was a best friend with Michael Jackson. And I loved Michael Jackson. And he was the best friend. So as I started reading more, he was very much the guy in the spotlight. And he would continuously reinvent himself. He and I even talked about that on the air, reinventing ourselves. So he's, you know, he's he's a face. He's a personality. So you're you're a Michael Jackson fan. Well, yeah, I love his dancing. I don't think anybody could dance better than him, and I don't think anybody the the music made everybody dance, and I loved all that. Um, I am and a I didn't believe huge, anything. I'm a huge, massive yeah. Michael Jackson fan. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's great. You know what, though, if I saw that documentary on him for the first time where they were talking about the kid thing, did you see it? Um, I actually refused to watch it because, from what I can tell, it's very yeah. spun and biased. No, watch it. Watch it. Really? It might t- turn your head a little bit. Yeah, oh. and you know what? I hate it because. It did turn my head that much. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, well, but you know what? I don't want to know these people. I don't. When these great movie stars are, uh, um, when when you see them and you love them, you know, you wanna you wanna see De Niro or this person or that person or whatever, and then they start talking politics and you see nothing but hate coming out of them. I don't care who you hate. I don't want to see that in you. And 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 whether you like Trump or not, to me. Don't hate the don't hate like that to the president of our great nation here. You know, if I don't like one or the other, I'm not going to go doing that kind of thing. And I wish other people wouldn't do that either, because all of a sudden it's that's it. It's over. Now you picked one side or the other, and now you don't like that person. You don't want to see their movies anymore. So that was kind of the same with Michael Jackson. When I saw that, I went, "Oh my gosh!" And and just like last week. 
I watched some of his stuff, had it turned on while I was cleaning. Because, <laughs> you know, you can just do, 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 right and clean. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> right? it's great for You know, cleaning. he's great. <laughs> but that was like the first time in a long time I was able to do that because I just wanted to get it out of my head. But when you see it, it might make you believe it. And I just wish I didn't know that side of him. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. I'd, I'd hate to think I'm one of these people that doesn't look at both yeah. sides of the issues. And it, it's hard for me because yeah. I do love Michael, and I feel the same way. Yeah. Genius at songwriting, best dancer of all time, oh, king of all pop Nobody music. can move like him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's not doing flips and breakdancing and stuff like that. He's He's standing, and he's doing a very unique style of dancing that no one's been able to emulate. Yeah. And yeah, and when you see one of those people that can, man, they're, like, awesome. <laughs> and at one point, he owned um, the catalog for Sony Music. So he was actually, like, one of the most powerful men in the world at one point, shortly before he died, which does make me question some of these accusations. But, you know, I, I, do, I, do, um, I do like to look at both sides, so I don't want to commit myself. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, though, it's going to bring you down. And it, it did me... And there was nobody uh, that was a bigger fan <laughs> than than me. And by the way, again, people that the 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 people that you know, I should maybe I shouldn't even bring it up. But I mean, hey, I adored him, and I'm a white person, right? And a lot of people would say, oh, you're all right. No, we're not. No, I, my my guy was was freaking Michael Jackson, man. Bring him on, you know? I loved him. And that's one of the and he beautiful was, and he things. And he was the color. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the beautiful things about Michael. He's like a person like uh, Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson, where they know him in Africa. They know him in China. They know him wherever you go in the world. He's a household name. And few loved individuals him. have been able to do that. Uh, he was he was amazing. Um Man, I just loved all that stuff. And I grew up right there in the 80s, so when I hear all that music, it's just, oh, I, I think we had the best. I think that was the best. Uh, Michael was, right, you know, Billy Joel was also one of my faves, and and I think he and Billy got to do something, and Paul McCartney and, and Michael got to do something, and, and that was fun to see that. And Mick Jagger, when they did the Victory Tour thing, that was all, I mean, that was great stuff back then. That was great. It's still great now. You'll hear it on Coast to Coast when I do some of my shows. You'll you'll hear the, that music because <laughs> are you still great. are you still cooking often? Um, well, I'm not doing anything on TV or anything like that with it. I'm really putting all my efforts to this show uh, to have this membership site. And the reason, more so, I've done this work for twenty some odd years, and it's always up to somebody else if you get hired. You know, if I'm in radio, it's up to the program director if I get hired. If I'm, I audition for a TV show, it's up to the casting director and then all the producers and all the executive producers and everybody else to decide if I'm going to be on that show. Everybody decides if I'm going to be on that show. And then even a week later, they can decide to take me off of that show and somebody else put, put on, whether I'm good or not or, or you know, whatever. It could be, well, my niece just graduated from college and she's going to take your place. You know, it could be anything. Um, and it's not always determined on talent. It could be that someone takes a less money than you. And maybe they've got a rich husband or something. You know? It's like, well, I don't have the rich husband. It's up to me. But that's where the control is with what I'm doing myself right now and where you might want to just skip some of this other stuff because if you're going to work that hard, do it where you've got people that love you and want to watch you and they'll say, hey, Daniel, let's give you 10 bucks a month. 
so that you can keep this going because th- that just means I'm not going to get what uh, a fry and a coke somewhere now is ten bucks. You know, you can't get a full meal anymore for ten bucks. You know, two Starbucks or one and a half Starbucks. And they say, hey, here's ten bucks a month. Keep it up. We love what you do, and that. You know, you can't do much better than that. Then you get to control when you're on, how you do it, how you take care of them, and and everybody's happy. And you get all the money. YouTube takes a ton of it, and so do the other ones. They take a ton of your money, and you're still playing, paying for all your platforms and everything, right? So hopefully you can get a group of people. Me too. I'm just now building it, and I'm hoping I get enough people as well to take care of the money involved in keeping it up. And you understand it. And throwing that video in, throwing in live stream and going out in the field, that's a whole other story too. It's just it's very costly. And when people like you and they want to do that, it's like, all right, this this is going to take me into retirement is my plan. Got a long way before that happens, but that's what I wanted to do. I, I, if I get fired, it's from me. Because I'm the CEO, <laughs> right? It's my company, so my show. And but what I've done is I make it. You, if you're a member, it's your show. You interact. You're part of it. Like uh, Brad Muller, who's in there right now, right? He he's a member. He's a Blue Rocker. And guess what? He was one of the Blue Rocker investigators at the gates of hell. I was just anchoring from afar, and and he was out there actually doing it, having a blast, and. Uh, getting scared and creepy too, and that's why it's interactive and fun. And you know, he's so. Before you start pulling out a whole bunch of people and working hard over here, and trying to get that hundred thousand dollar YouTube plaque, forget <laughs> it. It's so hard. If you started in twenty twelve, twenty fourteen, that was a different story. All those people have those plaques. Yeah, you're right? you're but, making a lot of sense. I guess for yeah. me, what it was is I kind of just had a look around, and I and I it took me a while to get to this point. I mean, I started off with a webcam mic and barely knowing what to say, and now I've got mixers <laughs> and mics and all this know-how and, and interaction with getting people on the show and knowing how to do that. I'm working very hard. I think I'm doing a good job, and I do think I deserve to get paid. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you're you're, you're being consistent. Right, you're not going. Well, oh, well if yeah, I get paid, well, I'll be consistent. <laughs> oh, it means no more vacations. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're but, paid for it, I'm gonna have to put a, put the show on. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's right. Well, you know, you'll end up working more just because you'll like it and it's fun and, and it's your members and they like you and it'll just be fun and they'll love that you put a platform together for everybody. No question about it. Uh, it's 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 gonna it's still you know you got to build it up. Um, and that's not easy because people are everywhere and they pay uh, already. They already have all these places they paid nine ninety nine for because those other people started in 2012 and 2010, you know, when they were doing these, this stuff. Um, but, hey, you don't have to get a ton of members to get that YouTube plaque. You can get 1,500 people at uh, – and that's, that's one uh, Veritas Radio Mel, who runs that years ago, said, Connie, you should be doing what I'm doing. He's like, I got a family. I take care of them. I'm going to work uh, as long as I want. And uh, nobody can fire me. Nobody can do anything. I don't have to worry about anything. I can be consistent. And he said, you already have the background. All you need to get are 1,500 consistent people, and it'll pay for all your equipment. It'll pay for all your transportation. It'll pay for everything that you need. And and he said, uh, you know, you should do that. And it and that that number in my head has stayed because you think, well, that's really not a lot in the long run. 
If you do national work, you're hitting households of 36 million people. Okay, like when I was on a Home Shopping Network or QVC selling a product, you know, you got six minutes. And if you sell 10,000 pieces of something, $50 or $200, if you if that's all you've ever done, you don't notice the difference because that's all you know. But when you get out of having that many households as a potential and then you start, you know, get on YouTube and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm like pulling. Oh, my gosh, people come over here. It's even free. It's not easy. So it's even harder when you got to ask for money. However, the right people will happily give it to you. And you don't need that many. You don't need millions. You just 1,500. Ah, you're making right? too much sense. Doesn't that, I know. What well, makes sense? It's, it's that easy. It's, what have I been doing? It's cutting ah. it. You can do it. You can do it. Get off. Get off of. Uh, yeah, they'll probably get rid of the show because it says get off of YouTube. But you know, you can still use YouTube for your videos and things like that. But uh, you know, if you do YouTube, you gotta. The only way you can do a membership site there is I think you gotta get ten thousand people maybe, or I think it might still be a hundred thousand even. To, allow you to do the membership thing but then they still take 30 percent yeah and, or more. and it's it's always the same thing i mean it always starts off where you can actually make something and then they start to keep more of the cut and more of the cut and that's kind of the nature of these monopolies and businesses and things like that and it does suck and, and really it is empowering to be able to do things on your own um, one of the advantages to that social media is it does kind of give everybody a platform and if you're willing to do a little yeah. work and, and tweet out and follow people and stuff like that really anybody can do it and I'm, I'm not afraid of people stealing my secrets and stuff like that because i know they're not going to put the work in and if anybody does power friggin to them yeah well they do they do they do steal and they do lie and when you are on facebook the hard thing about that is uh if you post something doesn't mean everybody sees it for reasons of you know they're looking at other things other things come through they're not there you know they're at work whatever but facebook doesn't always throw it out everywhere and People have to actually go to your site or page before they will get it. But not everybody does that because there's too many things scrolling by. Mm. <laughs> so it's just it's hard all the way. It's still going to be hard, but if you're going to make those efforts, like that's why I was like, oh, man, I wasted all my efforts on YouTube. <laughs> I'm, I'm exhausted now. And, and so, no, you're so right that. about that because <laughs> just what you're talking sure. about, when that happens and you have that moment, what I've been doing, that is discouraging. And a lot of Potential broadcasters are quitting for that reason because they can't make anything or they can't reach enough people or YouTube took yeah. their money away or something like that. And it's really yeah. sad because, you know, I want this podcasting thing to, you know, work out and become the new medium. But it, where is that monetary reward? It's not easy. Yeah, you got, you know, because more and more all the networks, TV, everything in radio, everything's going to Internet. So they have money. They've always had money to promote, and that's what was always great doing the national work that I've done. I didn't really know how great it was until you, you're gone and you realize, oh, my gosh, we had so many teams out there making sure that that radio station or that TV sh station or that show was a hit because there's tons of salespeople, there's tons of promoters, there's tons of money that comes in and that they promote it, promote it, promote it. You know, we just happen to be the talent in the face and they're doing all the other work, the crew and everybody. And so um, you realize 
Yeah, when you're Star doing Wars. it, us. It's Star Wars yeah, because yeah. in those original Star Wars movies, it wasn't just George Lucas. You had the people designing the costumes, the people drawing the character yeah. sketches, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That's why the new ones were different because there's other people handling that stuff. Yeah, and when you're by yourself, you don't have the money to promote it. So guess what? All the TV, all the film, everybody's going to internet because. Internet has made it to where they have to. Because I'm not going to go to some movie. I'll wait till it comes over here on Netflix or this or that. Uh, so they all know that, well, why do we do it? These cinemas are gone. You know, they're just going to throw it right into the TV. You're going to be watching it on your phone. Anyway, so every, everything, everything is going here. Everything is going here. Everything. So why not already have it? So my app's on there. I'm on there. Cutting Edge right now. Membership sites. And apps, and they call them OTT apps. So go look that one up, and that's where you want to be is right there, right now. And that's the cutting edge. So get there before anybody else does because now it's almost like being on YouTube in 2012, 2014. Uh, so get in now. It's going to cost you. It's not easy. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of money. It's going to take you down, but you're going to be one of the people that are going to jump up really high. At least that's my plan and, and my hopes, and I think now's the time to do that. Uh, but you, but that's what's hard about Facebook and all that. And and because everybody is coming, you know, the smaller people are going up, the bigger people are going down. They're all meeting in the middle uh, with this. But the bigger guys have all the promotional money. So on Facebook and all that, that's where you sell that boosting and stuff. All those corporations are throwing it in easily. That's not a problem for them. So that's why they make it a little bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Connie, um, I, I told you an hour to an hour and a half, and we blew way past that. So I do want—I don't want oh, to keep you too long. So no, totally my fault. <laughs> yeah, but I do want hey. to open things up and and do the usual things that I do, and just um, if you'd like to get on the soapbox one more time and say whatever you'd like to to my audience out there, feel free. And also feel free to go ahead and follow that up with anything at all that you would like to plug, as many things as you would like. Okay, first off, um, uh, what Todd? What color is your hair? Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. Here, uh, Todd is a beautiful reddish brown. Oh, mm. it's reddish brown. Well, see, that, that's I don't know Todd. What I'm about. That's Todd. He always has to challenge. <laughs> that's why we oh, love him. But that's kind of his thing. <laughs> it's okay, Todd, because I'm not. I do not claim to be a psychic. And remote viewing is all about some paperwork and stuff. Hold on, let's see. Do you gotta go potty? Huh? You gotta go potty. Hold on a second. Come here, she's got to go. I don't know if she's got to go or she just wants to be on camera. Well, we do want to say you. we do want to see her one more time because she is a very beautiful doggy with a she very is. beautiful coat of fur. Oh. She might just have to go to the bathroom though. Hold on. Was she, was she gotta go Yeah, go? yeah, that yeah. was kind of what I was thinking because yeah. like last Let time, me, <laughs> I drank I'm gonna open the door drinks. just real quick. Okay, hold no on. No problem. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Come on. I love that brick background she has. I gotta get me one of those. Maybe not brick, maybe like Egyptian sort of murals or something like that. Or, or I don't know. I like my black light idea. I think uh getting some black light crayons and a big sheet and a black light might be the ticket. I do thank everybody for joining us in the live chat. Um unfortunately because of processor intensity i had to turn off the normal stream and just have the youtube going i don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing but we'll see how it goes i'll try to bring back the normal stream if i can 
Am I back? You are back, and I was going to let you go ahead and just have the pulpit, say whatever you'd like to say, and go ahead and plug anything you'd like to plug, and the, the floor is yours, Connie. Okay. Hmm. I should have prepared ahead of time. Uh, well, um, she did have to go, so that was a good thing. You don't want to, you know, they give you this great communication, and you don't follow up. That's not a good thing. Uh, so that was nice. She did that. Um, I did want to address somebody else. Is that Carice? Is that how you say that? Um, yeah, you know, I I loved him. This is the Michael Jackson thing. She said he was a pedophile. Don't make excuses for him. Um, I uh, didn't want to know any of that. I don't want to. I just want the entertainer to entertain. I just want the film star to be a film star. <laughs> I just want. I don't. Uh, want people to know all my private stuff. I don't want to know any of these other people's private stuff. I I just want people to do what they do. And uh, it, he was he was a great singer. I think he was the best of the best in all that he did on stage. And in his personal life, I just didn't want to know it. I I, I don't care how good you are in your personal life. I don't want to know your business. I just want to see your trade. And it's a shame that it got to uh, the world has gotten to where we have to we have to see the other side or somebody gets a story of the other side. And now it even gets crazy what people pull out and thinks the bad thing. It's just a crazy world now. But um, when I saw that documentary from the kids that had claimed it, that got old, you know, that were older talking about it. And they decided to finally talk about it. I guess uh, I think one of them at least said because he now had a son, and he was at that age where it happened, and he was talking about it. And the way they talked to three of them, if I remember correctly, and they talked about it. They were all very consistent with their stories, uh, and it was devastating to watch, actually. And I believed it, and it was sad because I didn't want to believe that. Um, and like I said, just last week, I watched some of his stuff and tried to get back into just the entertainment part of it. Because there's other people out there that you guys, if you knew, you know, when you're on the inside kind of uh, of some of the TV people or sports pros along the way that everybody just sees as a hero. And then you've seen the other sides because maybe you had to bring them up on stage or you met them behind stage somewhere because you were going to interview them for a show or something. You know, you don't say those. I wouldn't say, well, this person's really, yeah. Because I, I could tell you about some stories of some people that you all may love. And I'd be like, no, you wouldn't if you saw how they really are. You know, so I just want to see their performance and then go home, you know. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I believe it now. So let me know what you think, Daniel, when you see it. And I hope that. I hope that you guys see it, see, watch this live, or uh, you see it archived, which it seems like a lot more people always see things archived. Um, I love the live streaming. I've been in radio and TV, and for the most part, it's always been live. The energy's better. It's fun. It's exciting. It happens, and then it's done. You just keep going on. Uh, some of the tape stuff, it's just constantly in your head um, as the person in front of the cameras or the microphone, but... I love the live streaming, and that's why the show that I put together, the uh, it's Blue Rock Talk. Go check it out on the apps now, 
And uh, you can go to bluerocktalk.tv.com as well. We'll get you there. And it is membership size, 10 bucks, And it is so fun. Now, you get everything live, but you can also, you know, watch it later archived. Some people just show you live and that's it. Some people show you only archived and that's it. <laughs> so um, I got it to where you can come to the live shows. You will be a part of it. Then you can later go to the archive and see what I put up and, you know, laugh at it again or be freaked out again or go back and see the evidence again. Because what I do is a far out Thursday. It's all about uh, psychics or, or remote viewers or UFO, alien things, whatever it is, something different. Even how bees make honey, you know, conspiracy, anything interesting is what Thursday night, anything far out. And then Fridays are Bigfoot Fridays, so I talk to these great researchers along the way. And it's so awesome if you get into it, then you meet somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And they all fight amongst themselves in all these, these areas, too, by the way. UFO people do. The alien people do. And not alien people and UFO people are the same people. Some people believe lights in the sky, but they don't believe aliens in them. <laughs> they believe they're UFOs, you know, from somewhere else, but they don't believe the aliens are in them. Um, so it's kind of funky, some of these things. But then, the, the, to me, my main attraction, the other, those two are kind of classic shows, uh, you know, the, the four, five, six years or whatever I've been doing it. They're classics now. Uh, but On the Road with Connie, it's a project of going to creepy hot spots across the country and, and beyond that I know my friends are at that they tell me are active. If I don't want to just go somewhere, and what a boring show that would be. But these are friends that I know that I can trust, and they say, hey, there's so much stuff that happens here. So we go to their creepy hotspot. Don't tell it. It's different if it's a ghosty kind of thing because most people might know the place already. Um, but the, the Bigfoot places, you can't tell people that. That's where they've made a relationship. And because they have that relationship, there is activity. So when they say, Connie, come to my place. Yeah, I don't tell anybody, but I take the camera there, and you come with me if you're a member. And so you come with me, and hopefully we got a good Wi-Fi connection because it's very hard in the Rockies. It's very hard in some of these mountainous areas where these places are. But some of them are right there, five minutes, eight minutes away. Like I said, in Alabama, it's right next to Home Depot. You know, somebody can go and get some Twinkies and bring them back for us, and, and it's all happening around us. So... It's really fun. It's interactive. It's participatory. You are part of it. When we go live, you are there. And if I'm holding that camera looking, you know, I'm looking at you at the camera, you're seeing what's behind me. And you might get to say, Connie, uh, run. You know, if I see you all, you know, we're chatting. So if I see you chatting and going, run, 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 I'll be like, ah, you know, I'll believe you. And you have theories. You tell me, you give me guidelines while I'm there. You tell me, you know, suggest things. And we all vote stuff too you know i'm like okay all right this month where should we go we take one trip a month and everybody gets to say that too oh well you know what go to estes park go go to uh waverly hills go to that one guy's hot spot that you know that uh you know or go to go to what what james gilliland's place in Isetti up there in california and it's fun because it's like oh, okay i got it or i'll say here's three places what do y'all like and everybody says what they like and we, we go from there, and they suggest as well uh, what strategies to take wherever we're going. Some people actually send equipment, devices to measure what we're doing. Oh, no. And it's, 
yeah, it's great. It's great. You know, here's some really special binoculars or here's a, you know, here's a drone. Here's a, a ghost box. Here's a, you know, here's some food, a concoction I made, put it at the gifting table. It's just fun. Yeah. And they suggest things that we may just forget. So we go to, then, uh, is that bluerocktalk.com or on the road with Connie.com? Well, I've got uh, both of those uh, URLs, yes, so they point right to it. <laughs> yeah, um, Blue Rock Talk, Blue Rock, and then Talk, it's the Earth, Earth Talk, um, uh, Earth's Most Interesting Conversations, and, and the three, that's kind of like Fox or CBS, right, you know, Blue Rock Talk, and then under that, that's my network, and then underneath that is the Far Out Thursday, the Bigfoot Friday, and I'm doing less and less of those. I'm doing them still, but... Uh, but it's all about really going on the road with Connie uh, or creepy hotspots with Connie. I got I kind of am still time, you know, still new enough that I'm testing out which ones sound better. But uh, but my star of my show is a vehicle that is uh, in the works of getting that is you know it's a pimped up mystery machine like Scooby Doo, right? You know, you're getting a, a robot. A robot? No, it, it's just going to be a you know pimped out. RV kind of thing. Oh, where you're, you're building like a go. Scooby van. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The, the nice. Machine, right? I love yeah, that. Exactly. you got to have some kind yeah. of Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. I call it the Blue Rocker Mobile or the Beast, you know, one or the other. And, you know, so that's in the works of, of being created right now. And so that'll get us into other areas that we can't and hope that we can't otherwise. But otherwise, we're also getting like um, – you know the local TV affiliates when they live stream from somewhere they got that great piece I think it's it's the Hughes Corporation that that does that it's like it's like the big great internet piece that'll hit anything and you can go talk to anybody at any time uh, from far away which usually only the local affiliates can pay for it's it's not affordable but you know I'm about to go on GoFundMe to get some of these things and, and get this to where it will happen because it does take a little longer than you think on a membership site. If you've already if you've already got some income coming in, you're going to be okay. But if you don't and you're making a stab like me, you gotta you gotta ask for help uh, to make it happen before it runs out because it, it's just not easy to pull those people in. Uh, it just takes time. It's, it's just that it takes time because we don't have that PR you know, thing like everybody else does and shoots it out there. Um, but it is so fun, and it's exciting. The people that are in it have a great time. Brad, well, he's over there saying nice things, right? I mean, Brad, if you don't like it, say it. I mean, be honest. But if you, I'm loving just, this because, I mean, it's, so it, it's very inspiring for me. I'm learning so much, and it's just making me realize, you know, I, I don't have to be this crusty podcaster. I I can do these <laughs> things that <laughs> the real broadcasters do. There's no reason why I can't. I love that. Yeah, take it on the road. And that's why it was on the road because it was a vehicle. You know, I was going to be traveling around, and that's what I'm going to be doing. So that's where the on the road is. So it's on the road project, on the road with Connie project, colon, Creepy hotspots. And, uh, and then if I know. go if I go to the site, I not only get the live shows, but you were saying earlier, I get archives as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is a great yeah. value. And, There's a yeah. lot. If yeah. somebody wants to go and binge watch some Connie Willis, that's the opportunity <laughs> right there. You give that to uh, you, you use that holiday code, and you give that as a gift to a friend. They're going to be able to go in there and binge it like Netflix, basically. What a tremendous value. Yeah, I mean it really is, and. It, a lot of the other ones are going higher. I actually started at twenty four ninety nine because it deserved it because all the expenses. Because you're not just sitting in a studio. You're going out there 
and you're driving to a location, there's other people there, you got to get food, you, you know, all the equipment and gear just to stay out there in, in 20 below or, or, well, you know, I think we got down that one time to like 12 degrees or something, maybe even single digits. I can't remember. They're all starting to be a blur, but you're out there. You need fire. You need blankets. You need gas. You need uh, propane. You need everything. But I thought, you know, it was kind of a Garth Brooks move if anybody is in the country. And, and I was doing country at the time that he was a big hit, but everybody wanted to see him. And all the concerts were like 60, 80, 90 and more for a ticket, right? Well, he had said at one point, I want to make sure everybody can see me. So he would set up five nights at the local Coliseum he was going to go to, and uh, they would all sell out. And he sold tickets for, I think, 1875 so everybody could go. So that's what I thought. You know what? He, Garth is an incredible businessman, if he's anything. And he, uh, yeah, that, that was his way of doing things. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to do 9.99 because not everybody can do 24.99. And, you know, I don't know that I... I can see why it's needed, but I don't know that I would do that either. Uh, so, but everybody that's pretty competitive to do the 9.99. But then, yeah, I realized, wait a minute, some people, they, they, uh, they, they, you get one, you get live or archive, and that's it. But you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of other neat little things in there too. And if if it's live and we're all, you know, looking like I'll just take the camera and go into a circle in the middle of the Rockies. And it's so hard to find these things, but you'll see them go from one tree to the next and peek their head out. So if I'm doing a little 360 and I'm making it to where it's you're doing it with me, you're investigating right there with me. So I'm giving you as much, you know, like you're really there. Kind yeah, of you know, stuff, I think you're on to something because, like, yeah. th- there's a lot of shows, like new shows, like Meat Eater and stuff like that on Netflix. People want to see people just go into the woods and deal with that unexpected sort of thing that you get when you go out there on the water. You go down the woods. You know, there's a lot of people out there like me that are into nature or they're into the hunting or fishing. Yeah. I don't hunt. I fish. But there's a lot of people oh. out there like that. So I, I think you're on to something. I think there's a huge market out there for people that want to see that, to want to see that exploration, the outdoors. I mean, you got stores like REI and they do great. People love that stuff. Yeah. And the fact that they're, they're friends of mine that I can trust in areas that they've made a relationship, they've created a relationship already. So you already know there's activity. So you, that's your best bet of getting it and them exploring it at the same time, the members. The biggest thing that came from this so far, and it's still very new. And by the way, tell all your local news affiliates close by so they can maybe do a story and we get it bigger. Um, I only want so many people, but you, you need that income for where the money goes into and that's doing these adventures but um one of the things that came out of it that i didn't expect was it it'll bring tears to your eyes but a couple people had written me and said thank you so much for doing this i am in a nursing home i'll never be able to go to the places that you go to and i will never have those adventures except now i will i'm watching you do it in real time and i can't get out of bed but oh my gosh you're doing what i've always wanted to do so thank you for taking me there and i got that from you know nursing home people terminally ill people uh with families that hey i got a family i can never do what you're doing i have to be here uh that kind of thing or they just can't afford to take uh, you know, to fly to the Rockies or wherever I might be 
and then buy the gear, buy the tent gear, buy all the stuff that you need to do, and then go back home, you know, for three, five days. They just can't do it. I get it. And I can't do it. That's why it's got to be a membership site. Yeah, <laughs> or they, come they, on, might guys, use it for, they might use it for inspiration. Like, hey, that place is cool. I'm going to go there. That's happened yeah. to me a lot of times. I see something on YouTube, yeah. and I'm like, hey, that's I'm going there next. Yeah, yeah. And you, gosh, you're in a great area. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I get you're the, in a great area. I, <laughs> I get the same thing because, like, I'll put a picture on Instagram, and people will be like, "Oh my God, that's so beautiful! That's the greatest thing ever!" ever. And I, I'm thinking, I see this stuff every day. Why are you so up in arms about this? But it's because they don't live here. They don't see this yeah. stuff. To them, it is different. That's right. Very, very different. Those woods are mystical up there. They're like, like just something out of a just a fantasy storybook. I mean, it's. It's it's crazy. Well, you know, when I was working with these, these people that I work with on the app, uh, one of the guys I had to hire like a developer to do some things, and that guy is actually lives in Russia, and uh, his name is Victor Victor from Russia. So I remember when we first talked, you know, and and you don't do it by phone, you do it, you know, by Skype or something, right? Yeah. And I'm seeing him and telling him some of the things I need fixed on on the app, and and we're looking at each other and. You know, I'm uh, at that time. I'm uh, in a in an area where I could point the computer out, and he could see the Rockies. And uh, he freaked out. <laughs> and I he pointed to what he was in a mall, and it looked just like a mall that we had. He was doing work in the mall in Russia, and it looked just like a mall that we would be in. And he was seeing the Rockies, and he was like, oh, my gosh, that's gorgeous. And, and he said, you know what, since I've been doing this, I have met you know tons of people from all over the planet. And he said, we're all just the same. He said, it's, you know, he started talking about the governments are saying you guys are like this, and other, other people are like this and that. And he's like, I found us all to be exactly the same. And I agree with that. And it was, it was, it was kind of neat to do that, you know. Yeah, so, uh, when, definitely. so it's the same thing in the States is, you know, look and see in the Pacific Northwest. If you live in Florida, it's a whole different world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we are approaching the um, bottom of the half hour. So, Connie, anything yep. else at yep. all that you'd like to um, like to plug or mention before I, I let you mm-hmm. go this evening? Yeah, just uh, BlueRockTalk.tv, you know, BlueRockTalkTV, and, uh, you know, .com, all that, on the road with Connie, Connie Willis, find it, boom, you should be able to get it, sign up for it, you guys. Right now, it's 20% off with the coupon, let's see, I can, I think you will you have it or you're going to have it in the YouTube description down there, uh, probably, so I think there it is, I don't know if you can see it well, but that's the coupon code right there. It's holiday special. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you can figure it out from there. Wait a minute. Maybe I should do it again. Hold on. There we go. 20% off annual or monthly subscription. Let me put a space. Coupon code. Let me put a space. And there's the link. And there you go. You'll get 20% off if you go monthly. And, you know, try it for a month if you want to go that route. But do it for a year. You actually save 20%, but also, I think, a month or two off. It's only like 100 bucks that way. And... Here's the bigger thing, though, I think. I hope you do do it and, and get in there. I think you'll like it because you're a part of it. But if you do, if you've got people to buy gifts for this year, don't get the same old boring junk. Get them this, and especially if somebody else you know is into this, because then if they live in a whole other state, you'll be sharing it with them. 
when we do it. It's real fun. I, I just think you'll like it. And if you don't, well, get out of it. You know, just do monthly if you want to do it. But I think you're going to like it. It's fun. And one, so of the, one of these days, Connie, you and me, and all the other guys will grab George Knapp and Ian Putnam. We'll grab them all. We'll have the Pro Bowl of paranormal radio <laughs> podcasters. We'll go out of the woods and, and, and have a huge party. Yeah, I got to get them out there. You know, Knapp's old Mr. UFOE, alien-y, investigative guy, right? You know, that's cool. He can get in there down a deep like that. M- Mr. Um, Skinwalker so- himself. Yeah, we need to get him to some Bigfoot area. And I don't even know what Ian does. I don't even know if he goes out or not. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've talked to Ian once. We don't all know each other. You know, I've talked to Nap a few different times. Uh, talked to George the most, George Norrie. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are so busy with other jobs that they have. I'm not. I'm like, this is it. This is it. Let's go. You know, I love it. I love it. And speaking of that, I'll be on December 28th. Um, one of the guys is going to be, he's a UFO guy out of Brazil that's got some interesting stories. Uh, and my other one I thought I was going to have, uh, she can't make it. Uh, but hopefully in the future I'll have her. She's the uh, more famous, I mean, I wouldn't say I got much out there, especially on her. She is uh, um, Connie Willis, and she is the, a lot of people like to say she's the female Stephen King. But I say, you know, uh, Stephen King is the uh, male uh, Connie Willis. You know, let's do it that way because she's a sci-fi novelist and she's done really well out there. Is she the lady when I enter Connie Willis into Google? Is she the other yep. one that comes up? And you're yep. going to be talking to her? <laughs> that is a Well, trip. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to get her um, this next time that I'm on. But I, 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 she went through some sort of health issue i don't think it was anything major i think it was more of a something that she you know some something that she wanted to get kind of thing i'm not sure what it was but uh she is not going to be able to do anything for a little bit but i was hoping i'd get her before the end of the year but yeah that's who it is a lot of people think that's me and and she you know her agent or her her somebody assistant at one point sent me a bunch of emails that uh, this is yours or mail in the letters mail in in the actual snail mail that's going to be magic that's going to be the connie yeah. the connie connection i hope so i hope so um she probably we were both kind of like, oh, she just grabbed the dot com. Oh, she just grabbed this. You know, <laughs> we kind of fight for it. <laughs> you guys are going to have to come to some kind of understanding. Who <laughs> gets to be yeah. the real Connie Willis? <laughs> <laughs> and she's huge. So she's huge all over the planet. Everybody knows her. But it kind of works, right? She's doing sci fi. I'm kind of doing the same thing going out there, you know, and it's kind of hey, fits in the own same it, world. embrace it. That's smart if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. And so Todd uh, is a Clyde Lewis fan there. Yep, Clyde. Clyde is no longer a part of the premier syndication uh, network. He's uh, He was, and then he just did some other switch. I don't know much about it, but uh, I guess he still comes on before Coast to Coast does. But I did a show with him. He was great. We had a, we had a ball. And you never know how people are going to be when you host their show with them where, where you come in. You know, are they going to let me talk? Uh, you, you respect them. You know, you, you respect them, and you you watch them to see – if they'll give you the time to talk or when, right? But we got good people in our field. You know, George Norrie, again, is one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Doesn't say a bad word about anybody. Like I said, polished broadcaster. He knew some. He knows my mentor. My mentor was part of him getting where he got, and that was kind of neat to know because he's a very polished broadcaster. But um, 
uh, Clyde, you know, when I went in there, and it was in what? In Portland is where Clyde is. <clears throat> we did a show. So it was the Connie and Clyde show, <laughs> which was funny. And he was great. I mean, he was talking and talking and talking. And then at one point, I kind of looked at him because I had something to say. And he was letting me talk, but I remember looking at him. And he looked at me, and he was like, all right, you know, we both knew. All right, go ahead. That little radio kind of thing. <laughs> and so I went. And, and at that point, we finally broke all the little, like, you know, do we or don't we. And then he was over there smiling, and, and we were having a great time. And we had a good time. Then we went out afterwards and ate and did the old thing that you do in radio when you first get in it. You know, you pull some stupid all-nighter eating and staying out all night and wonder why you did that the next day. It was fun. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's uh, somebody I think that we should all kind of look at because he's one of the first people to get his own sort of uh, channel going where he has his website and he has his show you can pay for and stuff like that. And he's he's probably the biggest besides Coast or close to that or something like that. But I, I definitely got a lot of respect for Clyde. And obviously Todd's a huge fan of his. He's always texting me stuff about Clyde. Clyde did this, Clyde did that. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Todd, tell him I said hello and tell him to put me on the show again. So, you know, I just happened to be in Portland at the time. I was like, hey, you know, let's do something. So we did. So uh, talk to him. Tell him I said great things. Tell him I said hello and say, put her back on the show again. She must be on the show because I just I just think the world of him. I think he's great. Awesome. Um, well, we are. He works hard, too. He works hard. He works hard, hard. Yeah, he works yeah. Hard. I can I can tell he's he's very hardcore. He goes very deep into the conspiracy. I, I've I've heard yeah. stories of him getting car bombed and stuff like that. Cross my fingers, nothing like that ever happens to me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, he studies it, man. Yeah, be careful. He studies. Now I go out and I feel it and adventure it, you know, that that kind of thing. And I tell you what has happened. And I try to pull the pieces of the puzzle together. He is out. I mean, when I went on that day, he was in early, and he's like right on the computer, and he is finding out facts to where he can throw right back out, right? So he worked. That's too hard for me. I'm like, oh man, let me just tell you how it felt. <laughs> let me just go out there and tell you how it felt. But uh, apparently, just real quick before we go here, he went up to a SETI and um, at James Gilliland's place. And apparently, he stayed, I guess, a night or so. And he was sitting outside, and he didn't, we were talking about the Bigfoot together. He didn't know anything about it. He was like, tell me about it. And then I set him up with some friends of mine, so he did some more shows on it, which was great. And then he uh, was out there to study, and apparently they have a young, juvenile, blonde one. And apparently when he was outside reading the newspaper, I guess it was like this. This is what James told me, if I remember correctly. He was sitting there reading the paper, and then he felt something, I guess, on the other side of it, and he, I think this is it. Then he put the paper down, and there was the blonde juvenile. <laughs> he either ran by or saw something like that, but he freaked out, you know, so that was great that he got to see one, because he, he was talking probably, about it for probably a probably looked like your dog. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Well, yeah, she, and she's got that little face, too, where people go, she's got a little Sasquatch face, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah. Got, yep. got a little uh, Ewok in her. <laughs> Uh, yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And I. Are you yeah. into Star Wars? Are you gonna watch the new one? You know, I you know I watched it you know a long time ago. I never kind of followed it just because it was at the same time I was doing other stuff where just time wise it just didn't work out. And I always thought, oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Now you know you're so far behind. You're like, oh my gosh, I got to do a big marathon thing. Uh, but it's okay. You know, I I don't have a big yearning to do. I'd rather go out 
and find once you see anything like that <laughs> that close to you and you hear it and it's on you and it talks to you you don't care about sitting around watching TV on the weekend you want to go up there and talk to them that's why people are so addictive and that's all they do and people think oh they're always out in the woods camping well, I want to glamp, by the way. I don't want to be on the ground. I don't like spiders and snakes. <laughs> and you mentioned so. uh, you mentioned Garth Brooks. Do you have any other yeah. country singers that you hold in a high regard? Well, yeah, yeah, I did country radio in the mid-90s, late-90s, and early 2000s like that. And that's when all those people really made it just a, it was a big deal at that point. And I was in Orlando. And Orlando is where all the country folk wanted to come because they're pretty much family people. So they get to go to that concert and work and get to bring their wife or their husband and their kids. And they all go to Disney while they're working with the sound crew. And they get to go play golf and there's sunshine. They get to go to the beach because that's, you know, Daytona Beach is not that far. And they get to see the space shuttle go up at the time and things. So they all love coming to us. So we were huge in the uh, radio world at that time in country music. So Garth, when I met Garth, yeah, he was huge. And it wasn't that I wasn't a huge Garth fan. He was good. He knew what he was doing and he could really entertain. And, but he was a businessman first. He was an incredible businessman. And that's what I picked up from him. Uh, but the, the but out of all the concerts I saw, I would bring them on stage. Country-wise, the coolest people that I brought on, and I'm not saying the other ones were not, but my biggest memories were, uh, well, I got to interview Willie Nelson on his bus. Mm. It reeked of marijuana. <laughs> uh, it was it was just everything you know about Willie. And he was the nicest guy. And they usually didn't like radio people because we weren't playing their songs anymore. You know, we were doing newer music. We weren't doing the classics. But I had said, I, I, I'm at the local radio station here, and I'd like to interview you. And uh, he was looking at me, and I could tell that he was looking at me like, I've heard this before. And, and I, But he listened, and I said, listen, this is real. This is the station I'm at. Um, and I do play your music and i said i do play your music i have something called connie's classic cafe i play it every friday and i play your music and he goes come on then come up on the bus let's go <laughs> and it was great it was great but the bigger of all of those because it was just more uh i had a little bit more interaction was johnny cash Ooh. johnny cash was everything you ever thought he was everything so was willie but johnny just had this are you saying you actually met him yeah, I, oh, wow. I got to bring him on stage in an area uh, called, it was Pleasure Island at Disney. I don't know if they have that anymore. It was an area where you had to be 21 and over, and they served drinks, and it was all these different bars with themes. There'd be one that would be like Jimmy Buffett-ish. There'd be one that would be country. There'd be one, uh, you know, that was jazz. And it was, a, it, was, it was more of the adult place to go. It's called Pleasure Island. And there was a center stage, and they would bring in acts, and they were doing a country thing. And uh, because I was at that radio station at the time, I was the one who got to cover that series, and it was all these classic folks. So Waylon was there, and uh, Johnny and June, so I met all, and Jesse. So I met all of them, and Willie, I met all those great highway men, basically. <laughs> and, um, but Johnny, and this, and this was the second time I met him, uh, Johnny... His wife had passed at this point, and he had done that one song, that the video that was black and white, 
uh, of uh, death, and it was sad. Uh, he had was just that done the, that, uh, and he was hurt. Hurt the nine inch nails. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh yeah. man, yeah. that's that's a cool song. Ah, oh, but I got to. You know, you know, some of these people will talk to you, some of them won't. You never know. And I thought, well, Johnny's huge. You know, what's going to happen here? And me and my dad would like, we'd watch him all the time. My dad loved him. And you always saw this presence. Now, just to go back for a minute, Randy Travis. Okay. Loved Randy Travis. Loved Randy Travis. I loved him more when I met him than before. But Randy Travis, if you looked at any of his CD covers, he looked like he was like nine foot tall. He was a short little guy. <laughs> but his presence on all that made him look big and huge. And when I saw him, I was like, and he was he was really good looking. I mean, he was good looking in the pictures and everything. But, man, he was like, holy cow, this guy. And then, oh, you're Randy. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he was he was very different looking. He wasn't that presence of a big, tall dude. But he was great all the way around and really kind of nice and everything. And he was huge. But Johnny had that presence. You could feel it when he walked into the room, even when it was on a dark stage in the back. You didn't know what was there, but you could probably picture that it must have been him because he'd walk out of it and you'd see him in the light and go, oh, my gosh, you just felt it. And he was, this is how kind this man was. This is how incredible he was. When I met him, I said, I shook his hand. My name's Connie. I'm going to bring you on stage. Let me know what you want to say. I got to tell you, me and my dad watched you all the time. Me and my dad. Memories with my dad. We watched you all the time. Well, thank you, Connie. Blah, blah, blah. And we had some other discussions. And I actually stumped him with a question that no one ever asked him in the world. And he let me know that. He said, you know what? No one's ever asked me this. And I'm going to figure out what the answer is because I can't remember this. And it was great because the entire night he kept coming to me. Johnny was coming to me. <laughs> and he actually dedicated a song out there. I think it was that song that he dedicated to his friend, you know, back there, Connie. Um, and it was like, oh, my gosh, everything is happening. This is the, the coolest guy in the world. So because we're the radio station and we give away free tickets to go there, we also allow like 75 people to get to meet Johnny backstage, right? Mm -hmm. You've heard those types of things. Yeah. 75 people lined up. I stood and watched some of it. And they come up to Johnny to shake his hand. Every one of the people that shook his hand before I finally had to leave said, Johnny, my name is so-and-so. Me and my dad watched you all the time. Every one of them said, me and my dad. My dad and I. My dad and me. We, every one of them. And he just, oh, well, thank you so much. And he acted as though he heard it for the first time with every person that shook his hand. That's class. I mean, that's, just class. That's something you don't get from a lot of these celebrities and artists nowadays. You don't get that level of, I care about the fans. I'm actually going to make people feel special. It's all, get away from me. I don't have time for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to go endorse somebody or go do some you know, funky-looking selfies. But the country music people were very good about that because they knew that they – it's like doing a membership site. My money's from the people that pay 10 bucks a month. Very true. And these country music artists knew that their money was from those listeners out there at the ra you know, on the other side of the mic and the radio station. They bought their CDs, you know. And they're, they're, they're smart. smart. Yeah, that, yeah, ditto. Um, that, that's so true yeah. because 
they they were smart back then, and that was before everybody was walking around with a camera phone. And the idea that people are going to make jerks of themselves in this day and age when anybody can snap a picture or get a recording is just insane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wish I had pictures of all this stuff, too, because, yeah, we weren't doing a lot of that kind of thing. Um, but now, yeah, everything is taking a picture and recorded or something, right? But it was so cool. But I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to like hearing this. Out of all the concerts, because I did music radio, so we would introduce the acts that came into town. I was doing oldies music, and we'd bring in the one-hit wonders, and you'd see these guys from the 50s singing their song, and some of them continued to allow themselves to age. Some of the other ones didn't. They had to have that persona of the 50s, so you would see their black hair, you know, like it used to be in the 50s, all, you know, Fonzie kind of thing or whatever, Um but you would see the theirs totally dyed black, and sometimes they'd be sweating on stage, and you'd see the black sweat come down. And it was like, oh, no, and all you wanted to do was go over there and just clean it off real quick because that's what they had. They had a one-hit wonder from the 50s, right, and that's how they're making their money. That's what they're doing. you got to eat, you know. So that was kind of sad sometimes. But um, because I saw so much, and I was able to go to all these things backstage, in front of stage, bringing them on, that, you know, it was never a big deal because that's just kind of what you did, but it was fun. But the one, one of the ones that I actually paid for, because uh, there was no, I guess our station didn't work for that at the time, but it was Michael Jackson. And he was there for three nights. I guess this was, I think it was, it was Louisville or Orlando. I've never out of all my life of watching and being at concerts and Kiss, I was a Kiss too. I love Kiss. Um Paul Stanley, woohoo! He took off his makeup, and he was the good-looking one. All right, I fell for the good-looking one. All right, but every girl said that. Oh, good! I loved Paul. He's the good-looking one. <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to see when the makeup's off, right? But Michael put on the best show out of all of them. Nobody even compared to his show. You got to see Michael live. You got to see him. Yeah, I got to see him live. Oh man, that's Look, something I'm never yeah. going to be able to experience. Yeah. I got to see him live. I'm so glad I did. Nobody put on it. No one even touched his shows. He was amazing. He just, and it all happened at the very beginning. He came out on stage. It was on some sort of platform, and the platform you know, had some crane, and it took him over the audience, and he didn't move. He did that stance, you know. I think it's in bad, maybe. He did that stance. <laughs> And he was in that stance, I would say, I'm not kidding you, I would say, and maybe I'm, I don't, I'm not over-exaggerating, it's going to sound like it, I'm pretty sure, it was, it was somewhere between, I'm going to say it was 45 minutes, but let's just say it wasn't, let's say it was 30 to 45 minutes, he stayed in that stance, didn't move a muscle, and people just cheered the entire time. So at one point, you know, it might go to a lull, and then it would, oh, hey, you know, and then and it just, the longer it went that he stood there, and then the crane would move even sometimes, the more the crowd cheered, and it was cooler, and you just felt the energy to where, you know what, I think it riled up the energy that everybody talks about that goes away when a ghost comes up or anybody else comes up and drains your batteries when you're out there investigating. We threw out so much energy, and you know what, he soaked it right up and used it, I think, probably for the rest of the show. It was amazing. Never seen anything better in my life. And, you know, that's 
probably why I don't believe a lot of the accusations. I apologize to all the people out there I'm making serious, but that's why, because yeah, yeah. I, I've seen the videos of Michael visiting the hospitals and visiting the sick children in the hospitals, and he's not molesting them. He's taking his time, and he's spending it with these kids, and to see him do that and to see his expression and to see how much he cares, it is hard for me to believe that he would ever do anything to hurt a child. Again, that's just my opinion. I don't think he thought when you see the video is going to make a difference. I mean, I know what you're talking about and uh, I didn't want to see him either. And I thought, you know, I'm going to watch this just, you know, because I want to be mad at him and I'll watch and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I think he is. And if you stop and think about it and, I, you know, I don't know, I guess if anybody ever sees this, all of a sudden it'll be out there and she's stereotyping these people. I, I have a ton of gay friends. My mom was an interior decorator, so we knew gay before other people knew gay, right? Because they're all in the decorating world. And, and if you're in TV and you do makeup and hair, there's a lot of gay people in it. And most of my friends, you know, every woman loves their gay friend, their gay guy friends. We love them. And there's not, I don't hate them at all, love them. But, you know, they have, there are certain ways about them just like there's certain ways about women or men or whatever. Look at me. I'm so worried of, of what uh, uh, what I say because there's so many people that are watching what you say. So, But it's true. They're out there like that. But if you once you see it, you start going, oh, well, you know, Liberace was fantastic with his costumes. He was flaming. You know, he's like, oh, I'm gay. You know, he would say that. But back then, people didn't want to admit to any of that or even talk about that. But yeah, that guy like, was kind of uh, tough because back then you could not get away with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Michael's in a way where he couldn't say any of that stuff either or talk. And he was he liked to be private. And you know what? He loved kids around. And I don't think he thought he was hurting them. I think he just was still a kid in his mind because he never could grow up adult-wise, maturity-wise. Uh, he did have a different life than us. And I think, uh, you know... I don't know. Well, you know what? I was a tomboy, so I grew up around a lot of guys, mm -hmm. and that's who I played with. They were all my age to play with in, in my block. They were all the same. You know, it was guys, and I loved it. I looked back. I'm so happy that all my buddies were, were guys. We played baseball together and did everything. It was fun, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It was great. You know, I already knew back then I loved guys, so it was great. But you know what? There were times... You know, we were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There were times where the guys would go off, and and I couldn't be a part of it because usually they were they were they were going to the bathroom, <laughs> you know. And it's I could not relate to that whatsoever. But when they all did go to the bathroom and do something like, uh, uh, I I remember we were in like a little construction area was happening, and so there was this big brown thing, and it was fun to be able to climb to the top of this big round cement thing uh, and it was very hard to do at our age but we would get up there now the guys the kid you know five six seven eight whatever well the boys are going to the bathroom because how fun it is i guess for them to stand up on top and you know all aim at something down you know nine feet down i don't know it's i mean fun. you're a guy y'all did that <laughs> so, okay so you can relate that you guys would do that right for so sure. they're all laughing with each other and saying oh i, I did better than you or whatever or they move it you know whatever and y'all are playing a game, right? Well, I couldn't relate to that. But what if that's where Michael Jackson stopped? 
you know, he's still in, in his mind. He's still playing those types of games, having showers with these kids, doing this and that at that age. But he's also got a human body with hormones and all this kind of stuff going on. And maybe uh, things get a little too crazy at that point. Makes I don't know. Sense. It does make you sense. You know? Yeah. So if you see it, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be upset. <laughs> I was. <clears throat> I was. Well, well, I am going to watch it just just for the sake of being thorough and um, not being somebody that's not willing to look at the other side, regardless of what that is, whether it's alternative history or flat earth or aliens or anything like that. I'm yeah. staying objective about everything from now on. I think it's a smart move as a broadcaster, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch it and I will I will yeah. um, give my thoughts on air. I mean, that's all I can do. Yeah. And, it, and and you know what? You could, okay, so it is good to see all the other sides if that's what you want. Like, you know, the flat earthers took me so long. It is cool. It's interesting. But when, you know, they're they're punching me with their words, like, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I don't want so much hatred. I don't have that much of a passion. If it's flat, that's cool. <laughs> if it's round, that's cool. I don't care. I'm Blue Rock Talk. I got an emblem of the earth. And, and when I interviewed the flat earth people, I, I put a flat one up there. <laughs> you know, it was fun having, you know, enjoying it. But when it gets that rough and tough, yeah, that's why I don't really like conspiracy. It's all, it's conspiracy. And, and it's mean and angry and political. I, I I just, you know, I want to be a pioneer in the world, figure out who we are, go into the unknown. You know, that's fun. Yeah, and you know, and nobody I, has the answers. That, that's <laughs> one of the cool things about this paranormal sort of conspiracy, truth, whatever you want to call it, is everybody kind of has their own strengths. Like some people are good at the alien stuff. Some people are good at the Bigfoot stuff. Some people like to do the conspiracy and the body snatching yeah. and swapping and stuff yeah. like that. And and yeah. everybody's kind of got their own little niche within a niche. And that's another thing that makes it kind of awesome and fun. Yeah. And I'm glad they're like that because me – I want to dwell into each one deeply and then pull them together. And thank goodness there's people that are deep because that's how I can get my information and go to the right places immediately instead of had to, you know, weed everything out. You know, I go to them directly, boom, get there. Okay, wow, the Bigfoot have to mind speak. The alien, they have telepathy. Wow, the, the, um, uh, you know, the, these things all relate. Oh, there's orbs in the alien world. There's orbs in the Bigfoot world. Yes. There's orbs in the ghost world. They're there, then they're not. They're intelligent. They move right. So they all, yeah, they all know each other. They all know each other out there. They're kind of like the black, the white, the Chinese, right? They're just, you know, the same thing. It, yeah, but they're it gets different. so tricky <laughs> because, like, the thing with the Bigfoots and the other things that might have been out there, one of them could have been attracting the other. There might have been bad spirits that were attracted to what was going on with the Sasquatch, or vice versa. There might have just been a lot going on and something interesting for these creatures, whatever they may yeah. be, to be attracted to. And I think they all hang out. Uh, you know, they might not always like each other. Or, you know, they got friends and, they, you know, the same thing as us. But... Watch, go back to the Michael Jackson documentary. You know, it's kind of like as a kid, Santa comes down and he brings you all these incredible toys. And that magic is awesome. And then the second somebody blows it and tells you the truth, it's hurtful as a kid. You're like, huh? And then I guess somebody else comes along and says, eh, just fake it with your parents and you'll still get toys. <laughs> so, you know, you got to have that kid, you know, in your life, too. But yeah. if it if but you so you may want to just keep the magic of Michael. 
and not watch that documentary because it will take you down. Yeah, um, I Just suppose saying. what I what I try <laughs> to keep in mind is that you know whatever I'm watching, like even with this program and, and stuff that I put out there, it's always got that little bit of a bias to it because I. You know, this is my show. I can pre- present things how I want. If I really yeah. want it to be sneaky and clever, I could probably put together some graphs that make it seem like racism is awesome or something like that. But anybody yeah. with yeah. Ha- half a brain and, and a conscious knows that racism is absolutely a terrible thing. But you have people out there that, that make it seem like these things are okay, that, that make it seem like it's okay to be a little racist or, or feel this way or that way. But it's it's not okay. And, and you do have to remain objective and you do got to kind of hit the reset button on your beliefs sometimes. I've been finding myself doing that quite a bit. You know, is it, is the earth flat? You know what? Who, who cares? I mean, what does that matter to me in my life? Is it going to make a difference? I mean, I'm not going to know unless I go into space. So why am I so micro obsessed on uh, about this and annoying people? <laughs> well, you know, and, and I, Hmm. You get into some of the subjects too. You got to, I've not really thought a ton about these things because we grew up in an area where uh, it was black and white, and mm-hmm. we didn't think any different until people start getting on radio and TV and telling you these things that this, this, and this. It's like, oh well, we didn't even know, you know, it, there's an issue. <laughs> we yeah. didn't know there was an issue of this. We're around, our family was always around, you know, it was always black and white where we were and didn't think anything different. The other generations did, but we didn't. So we'd actually gotten past that. And then some of these people go on and all of a sudden they're telling us something that we're like, really? Now I got to watch what I say. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. before. It, it's a matter so I don't of like that yet. it's a matter of perspective and awareness. Like you could have a guy, he's striking out with women. He doesn't get women at all. He's not doing good. He thinks he needs to make more money. He thinks he needs to get in better shape and be better looking. But in reality, he probably just needs to be a little bit nicer at the right times. He probably needs to be a little bit less creepy at the right times. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's not always what we think. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, we knew somebody <laughs> called Craig. We call him Creepy Craig. <laughs> creepy no, Craig. no. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he's Creepy Craig. Yeah. Uh, Poor Craig. But that's so funny. That's so funny. Well, you had said you were kind of more of a crankier person, and now you've, you know, loosened up. You, you know, you went from an atheist now to a believer, and you've opened up to things. But, but the biggest thing you said, and it makes all the difference, and I guess that is where the attachment is. Oh, somebody else has it. Take the reins. So you let him take the reins because you said you let the control go. Yeah. So you let him take the reins. I'm here talking to Connie Willis for a reason. Connie Willis, who's met Johnny Cash and Michael Jackson. Johnny. You've had this (laughs) Forrest Gump type of life. (laughs) There's no way that's all on chance. I mean, these Ah. things, they have to happen for a reason. We're here for a reason. It's it's all, it's all, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's all predetermined because I know that's not true. But there's some kind of path or there's some kind of but you don't know you don't know i don't right it's a theory of yours right now it's, it's a theory, theory. It's, i'm full of a lot yeah. of theories a lot of bs yeah. you are full of it yeah yeah you are full of yeah, yeah I'm full you of know it, what though this is it. what i found this is what i found out recently what i think uh-huh. what i think because people would say is it predetermined what do you well you know do you really believe you're you know what i think we're all down here for different reasons so it, i think it can be predetermined for others i think uh you could have said uh Hmm, I want to take the ride. I want, you know, you're at an amusement park and you're like, I want to go to 
Earth, amusement, the uh, amusement park Earth. I want to go in there and I want to learn what love is. I want to learn what uh, uh, to be a uh, you know, motorcycle driver. I want to be a rocket scientist, whatever. I and and other people would say this along the way, and I'd say, well, why would you want to be homeless or why would you want to be this or that? And they're like, well, you know. Some people want to know what that's like along the way, and I think it's a blink of an eye. Even the Bible talks about a blink of an eye, you know, kind of thing. But because we're we're in time, we're 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 restrained with time. We've got to follow through it, you know. Where I don't think the Bigfoot and the ET have, have to. I don't, uh, but I think we do, and we're stuck to it. We have it. That's what we've been given is time, and I do think that we actually, yeah, can say. I want to come in and one day I want to find, I want to be one of the people that create one of the coolest toys ever. <laughs> but you have to get to 55 in order to do that. And you have to go through all these other things. But you know, and here's the reason why. And I don't think everybody is, but here's, here's what I think. And, and if it relates to you, you'll know it. And if it doesn't, then maybe you're one of those other people for something we don't even know in our heads that we can't even imagine. And that is like me, I know I've been guided to certain things. I know it. I remember even as a kid and along the way, I remember especially with school, I remember sitting at school, I I don't know, maybe first or second grade, and I remember somebody saying, yeah, you got 12 years of this, (laughs) you know, and I was like, I it must have been first grade, and I was just thinking, I got 12 years of this, and my mind would think more maturely than a a uh, first grader, because what, you're five or six, right, and I, I remember going, I got 12 years of this before I get to where I'm supposed to go. I remember thinking that. And I think there was something destined for me to get to. I don't know what it is yet. Maybe, you know, it's this kind of thing. But that's when I went, oh, I think some things are predetermined. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You know, I'm on this ticket. You know, I got a little ticket. I'm going to take a ride. And the things we've learned from aliens, too, right? Take the soul out. It's just a vehicle. As soon as someone passes, you see just this body. What's gone is the soul. That's the magic, right? So yeah, I like that. Um, we were, and it doesn't die. Soul doesn't die. Just yeah, yeah. So you can't imagine ever not being. Try it. Try it. <laughs> you can't. I like and, that because I sometimes will say like I have a mission here, and I think everybody does have a unique yeah. mission, and maybe it's something that, like you said, we come up with when we're out in the fifth dimension or whatever, when we're in heaven before we're born or wherever we're at, and we we yeah. do actually do that. We have a talk with a big guy, and he's like, I want you to do this, I want you to do that, and then you get born, and you, you keep that in you at some very deep level, and it, it kind of plays out, and maybe that's it's part a of... compass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a compass in you. And maybe that has something to do with that structure of these other dimensions and stuff and, and why it's possible to hear voices and stuff like that. It, just like you said, it, it's all connected and there, there are, there is an objective truth out there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you just say, you know, I don't really want to learn anything, but I think it'd be fun to be a mom. Yeah. And maybe, maybe something happens where you become <laughs> whatever happened. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's it. It just seems to work with me. I don't. I think we we all think that what you know our minds can figure it out. I I think it's either. I think it's very 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 simple, but we try to make it complex. But it's also complex in a way too. But it's also very simple. I don't know how I can make that sound any simpler or complex. But I think I accomplish both maybe. But uh, I I just think it's 
I don't think we ever die. I think our soul always continues on. And uh, and when people say, well, I would never want to come here and feel all this pain. I want love. Well, guess what? You know the best way to learn love is to be on the other side of it. If, then you know what love is. If you're hurting, you're crying, uh, you got a lot of pain for reasons of, you know, somebody breaking your heart or this or that, how do you learn love better than when your heart is broken genuinely because then you know what you're missing. You learn more about love that way, and you usually your next uh, relationship is going to be fantastic. But that's how you learn about love is the other side of it, Dealing, feeling the other side. Because then you know how great the love is. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Oh, you, yeah, I felt that. I thought, is he over crying? You're Oops, getting sorry. to me. Stop this. But it's true. It doesn't about make camera. <laughs> yeah, camera will do that. Oh, well, that's why we're doing this, so we can capture the yeah. emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love all that. That's what it's about, emotion. Yeah. That's that's what's real. Love is the only real thing. Uh, Donna, somebody would always say that. Love's the only thing that's real. Everything else we've made up. That's right. Beautiful. Everything else man has created. You can't create love. You can act like it. You can fake it. You can think it. And, you know, I appreciate that because a lot of people have trouble talking about love. It makes them feel awkward. But you, you have no problem with that. You're totally comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. I'm here for love. I know it. I know I came here for love. There's no question. And maybe for, you know, Bigfoot or something, too. I don't know. I think there's something else in there, too. <laughs> I don't hey, know if, what. If you're lucky enough to find it, you got to hold on to it and, and do what you can because a lot of people go through their lives. I don't think they ever get it. Yeah, I agree. And they also think it's, okay, I go to first grade, I go to, uh, or I go to kindergarten, I go to first grade, I go to sixth grade, I go to twelfth grade, I graduate, I go to college. Thank goodness that's changing a little bit more. Uh, and then I get married, and then I have a kid. And then I have another kid and then we have a dog and then we, you know, the kids move off and then we go do this and then we die. Right. That's what they think. They get married because that is the next step. And, oh, well, we got a house. We got the dog. We're going to have a kid and we've got jobs. And that's the cool but, thing because it does not I, have to play out that way. You don't have to live no. a, a cookie cutter life. Like you could have a no. terrible life and, and think that you're like this loser with no family or a wife or kids or anything like that. But then you realize, hey, you know what? I can go to the beach right now. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And you know what? It bums me out when uh, there are people that actually fall in love. Uh, it's six or seven. And you hear it from the olden days. Because back then, you know, they all married at 12, uh, right? And and you really were scolded. You were really a horrible person if you had any type of relationship physically before that. You know, our world now is very different from that. I don't know if that's better or not. But along the way, you know, when people have had these, like, crushes uh, and people would say, you know, parents would say or teachers or whatever would tell those people, oh, you got more to go. You know, there's more, you know, don't worry about this. And you're too or you're you're too young to have a relationship. How do you know that's not the love of their life? Because in the previous generations that started like that and they stayed together. Now, those generations before always did stay together. That was kind of what you did uh, through thick or thin. But some of them were just always totally in love. And it was a great thing. And, and a lot of times people break up that great love because, well, this is not what you're supposed to do. And it's not time yet. Well, how, how, what, what's on your calendar 
to where we got to fall in love. You know, oh, I got to be, I have all this money and I got to have the right house and then I've got to have, you know, Whatever. And you're like, oh, you just lost love. That's not it. You know, you don't wait for all this stuff. It happens. Yeah, you know, that's and when another it does, one of those. Rabbit. Yeah, that's another one of those beautiful things about it is like the, the seven foot tall guy in Africa can fall in love with a 500 pound woman in America in a wheelchair. There's no rules like that. You could, no you could literally, like, yeah, some of the best love stories are the ones that cross those materialistic type of boundaries. That's what makes it kind of uh, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of people go for the uh, good-looking significant other, the one that's got the money, that's got the house, that's got the car, and uh, you know. And I've had people along the way that I've seen that I've, that I've dated, and they'll say, "Well, you know, if I lose my job tomorrow, you'll be gone." And I'm like, "You don't know me." <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I'd hope you know that doesn't happen because you know we got a mortgage or something. But um, no. But there are so many people like that that a lot of people are destined to think that already. They already think, oh, you're going to leave me if I don't have this gig. Well, what gig? I didn't even know you had a gig. I don't care about that. Uh, it's um, Well, I can say I'm, I'm single like a Pringle. I'm still waiting for the real thing. I believe. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> never heard that one. <laughs> I'm single like a Pringle. <laughs> you never heard that I like one? that. No. <laughs> That's funny. Now I'm going to think it every time I have a salt and vinegar Pringle because you can, you know, <laughs> salt and vinegar ones are delicious. They mess up your lips, though. Badly. Oh, yeah. Great on a tuna sandwich, however. <laughs> sea salt and vinegar. Oh, yeah. Put that on a tuna sandwich. Yum. You are good. Absolutely. That, I like that. But, I like that. But, Connie, well, unfortunately, um, we did pass the, the three-hour mark a little while ago. Okay. So, I mean, I could, talk, I could talk to you all night. But um, I, I do have to go to the bathroom. It sucks back in and, and like, reintegrate it back <laughs> in my body, and now it's coming back out All again. Right. TMI, TMI, TMI. <laughs> okay, I had to do it to you again and keep up our tradition of me talking about awkward things like urination. <laughs> That's totally fine. I mean, I kerplunk was the sound when my iPhone S fell in the toilet, and I'm thinking – I am not by there, but I, that sound is familiar. <laughs> what is it? My phone. Ah, oh, man. That? Yeah, your That's your funny. heart must have sunk into your stomach when that happened. It, it did because I was like, I know, I know. My membership site isn't up yet to where it's it's got income coming in. I can't afford a new phone. Were, were, you able to, were you able to bounce back and get everything back on there pretty easily or was it pretty hard? You mean with the with the phone? Yeah, I mean the, or, your whole life's on there. Were you able to? Oh, did they back it up or something? I I pulled it up quick enough. <laughs> and, oh, you, okay, good. But but I couldn't use it. I had to, you know, it was just like, you know, I took it to Apple and didn't tell them what happened, you know, because I thought well, I, don't, I don't, you know, they've heard this story a lot, or you know, people haven't told them the truth about it. But I just thought, here, uh, I'm having problems with my phone. <laughs> Can you fix it? So I didn't tell him, you know, I want to see what happened first. And the guy says, oh, yeah, well, we just do this little thing. And uh, we find out real quickly, you know, because I thought, I I think it's just a battery. I think I just need a battery (laughs) because everything was kind of working on it. Mm -hmm. And he's he's like, okay. And he puts it in whatever they do on this computer. And he goes, wow, there's all sorts of stuff in here shorting out. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like hiding it, going, oh, no. He's like, I mean, things are still shorting out now. When did this happen? Oh, about two weeks ago. And it was. It was about two weeks because it, it worked, but some things were a little weird. But then some things came back and some things didn't. And some things started going away, and that's what he's exactly was saying 
from the computer what it told him when he hooked it up. And he goes, I'm actually seeing some things kind of fizzle out as I'm watching it on the computer right now. I'm like, oh, no. Hey, that, that ah, kind of um, that brings up another topic. Have you had an opportunity to try virtual reality yet? Well, my show's virtual, right? So I, I think that's as virtual reality as you can get. But you're talking like the games and stuff? Yeah. Like or, you put on the bot the things and look. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I, you know, I did a long time ago when it was first coming out, and I got sick on some of them. Same here. You know, you, you would just get sick. Okay, yeah. So, But I think it's better now. So have you done it lately? Uh, No. I got so sick, I quit. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. I was like, I don't want to feel that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, about uh, two minutes in. Oh, God, I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> Virtual reality is not that great yet. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking, like, better. Blue Rock Talk, maybe that's eventually going to be how it's going to be. Maybe we'll be putting on VR headsets and actually going out there with you. You know what? That's a great idea. We'll have to do that in the future. That's a great idea because what, what do you need? You need a special camera, right? And just uh, I think that's oh. it, yeah. How about a, dr- how about cool. a drone? Have you, have you, are, do you guys use drones? Well, because... Um, it's new for me. My my money's been has gone into the equipment of making it work, mm-hmm. and it's that's still going to continue. So I've got I've actually got two small drones I haven't used yet. But you're a droner. The, the, yeah, I'm a droner. <laughs> I haven't used them yet. I got I got to figure it out, right? But oh, the you're, you're going to get addicted. I I I'm looking forward to it. You know, some drones are better than others for sure. But the great thing about the show is I'm going to researcher spots. You know, they're showing me their spots. I'm showing you their spots. And and they're talking, too, about it. But they already have their equipment. So that's a good thing financially for the show because they've already got the drones. They've already got uh, the different cameras, the, the parabolic mics and this and that. And that's great because they can show off what they've got. And that's really good for the show. But in the future, I'll have those types of things, too. And I'm going to find my own areas as well at one point and and bring people in. And and I've already started bringing in the actual members of the show, like Dr. Mulder, who was in the house. I don't know if he still – he probably still is. Uh, But he – you know, he he got to go to one of them. And uh, Tony and Ingrid of Sasquatch Journey, they take me out to their places all the time. And just recently, Tony got to go to uh, up to uh, the uh, gate. Uh, what the uh, how am I forgetting this gates? Uh, the gates of hell. And they had a they had a Bigfoot thing going on there, which was crazy. And thank goodness Tony was there because he's very good at that. And so he was like, "Sounds like a Bigfoot." And when the other guy was telling me, I said, it "Sounds like a Bigfoot." So. It's what ended up running across uh, right when the cameras went off, of course. All of a sudden, you know, havoc happens. That's the way it is. You have to take a break once in a while, just like you're ready to take a break. So let's let you go to the bathroom. <laughs> let me know what you see in the documentary of um, Michael Jackson. And, and again, uh, sign up, you guys, Blue Rock Talk TV, and please pass it on so that it can uh, flourish. I don't need a lot of people, and I don't want a lot of people. I just enough to keep it going. So please pass it on, and you know, get five. Pe- you get five people. I'll give you more months or something. You know, for free. Yeah, we'll work it out with you. So I would appreciate that's that. That's like M- I just MCI to to friends that and family. That's uh, MCI yeah. friends and family. That's a legendary oh, marketing style. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> absolutely. Good yeah, you help me, I'll, you know, I'll help you. That way we can all build together and have fun because it is fun. And I'll be on Coast December 28th. I love it. If you guys like me on there, 
pass it on to those people too. You know, we always want to be on there more. You can't get on there enough. It's so fun. And uh, good people that work there as well as, um, you know, I'm going to tell you, I think, I think Daniels, if what I remember, I think you were the first person to interview me from Blue Rock Talk. And I think you were the very first person. And as I was just trying it out and learning it all and doing the video like you are in now, um, you know, you don't know what people think of your stuff yet. And, you know, really, Dr. Mulder, who's a friend of mine that's in there, he does the radio and stuff. You, you got to get to him to interview him on your show. You'll, you'll like him. He's fun. But, um, you know, I got some feedback from him and some other people. But you were the first person that I didn't know that had interviewed me and you know, I never met you. And you had said, I love that name. It was perfect. You said that. And I was like, yes. And you got it immediately. So that's what I remember from uh, you years back. Uh, I think I liked it because I don't know why, but it, it kind of gives me like a 1950s sort of feel for some reason. I don't even know why that is, but it has that kind of classic sort of radio, like Wolfman Jack sort of vibe. I don't know why again, but that's just, that's the way I see it. And, uh, you know, I still get the text message or I get the phone call from my mother every time you're hosting Coast to Coast. Hey, Connie oh, Wolf, Connie Wolf is hosting. So you're still my mom's oh. favorite, favorite host. Oh, and that's <laughs> we're, so nice. Yeah, we're still listening to you. Oh, well, tell her to buy you a membership and her one <laughs> and uh, get it now while it's on sale. Or you buy her one for a gift, then. That's cool. Well, I got her a smartphone, so now I can get her Blue Rock Talk. Yeah, get her on the app. You know, so many people are like, oh, I love you on Coast. It's like, well, I got a show, too, so come over here, too. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's, it's funny. Funny how you have to do all that kind of stuff. But, oh, thank you. That's a, that's a compliment. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds and that's why I have you on here, because you, you really are good. You have a great voice. And as we learned tonight, you have a fascinating history as well. And I know everybody's going to love this interview. Anytime you're talking about Johnny Cash and Michael and Sasquatch, and <laughs> you can't go wrong. It's great stuff. And, and the reason, you know, I, I did study all those other things. And here's the deal. Ghosts can be scary and they can go home with you. <laughs> um I mean, I guess all of them can, but that you know, ghosts love to jump on you and stay with you forever, and 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 so uh, so then you know you go to the UFOs and the aliens, and and to me at times like it's very sinister, and a lot of negative things can happen, and it's it's scary, uh, it's very scary, and uh, you do get kind of uh, uh, well, all of a sudden you get secluded. And, and that alien stuff and UFO stuff will do that to you. This is my experiences. Uh, then remote viewing is fantastic. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Learn it. Learn it by one of these guys while they're still alive that was in the military, Lim Buchanan. He's got courses now that are online. And Lori Williams, uh, who was trained by Lynn, go, go to her. Uh, Paul Smith, great people. Go to them for sure and get that. But then when I got into the Bigfoot world, which I never thought was, you know, anything, well, I think they're the most fun, um, th and I think that they are the best possibility of getting video or camp yeah, or a still shot because you will see them. They will come up to you. They are there. The aliens, you never know if they're going to come or go. The ghosts, you don't know if you're going to see them or they're going to just be invisible. So I think your best bet 
for doing any research and learning something is going to be through them because they talk to you too. Well, so like I said, if you, you want to come up, that's if you want to come up here and hang out, I'll pay for the gas, I'll pay for the lunch, and we will uh, go check out some parks and stuff like that. Excellent. Well, maybe you'll be, you know, the subject of. Well, you got to find a creepy hotspot that you know is active, and then you can be a part of that show. You know, my backyard. We're on the road with Connie. <laughs> creepy hotspots. We're going to Daniel's place. What your backyard? Yeah, I mean, they seem to. I live next to a cemetery, so that might have something to do with it. And it's oh, a really old, gosh. creepy one too. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh well, we, you know, that's what I've been doing. You know, when it's too cold and you can't get up in the mountains or anything uh, with all the snow, that you know, that's why I've been doing some of these haunted things and letting other people do it because I can be here safe. And but maybe you can get uh, some of your investigators there. And you can, and I'll throw a couple blue rockers in there, and you guys can do something from your place. Have uh, you seen absolutely. things happen? Oh, oh yeah, I've had a, a lifetime of paranormal experience. There, there was a point where it's like something would happen like every few months. There's been times when I looked up at the sky, I saw UFOs. Um, I've had the shadow people type of stuff happen. Um, psychic stuff. That's probably the the biggest one is like precognitive dreams, moments where I have some kind huh? of intuition. Even even okay. like times when I felt like I was kind of like connecting to people and and kind of like I, oh, it's so hard to explain. Almost like communicating with them, not like talking to them, but kind of like getting up in their world. That's the best way I can describe it. Oh my gosh! Okay, see, it's all in us. We're the ones that are out there searching for it because it's already in there. So there's some tie somewhere. We're supposed to either know something or we're special to them in some way. Because, you know, if, I, if I'm ever somewhere where there's supposed to be something and, like, people see orbs or something and maybe others don't or they see it through a special camera, they're always looking around. All of a sudden they stop on me and go, there's a bunch of orbs around you. I'm like, ah, get me out of here. <laughs> so you would be probably the same person that would attract that stuff to uh, maybe, maybe. I, I yeah. think that there's something yeah. um, there, absolutely. Um, but yeah, when they're hanging you, out with us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it has something to do with like how healthy you are too. If you're really healthy you and your and your vibe is nice and up, I think you tend to have more positive experiences. Whereas if you're down in the dumps or if you're on drugs, like especially methamphetamine and stuff like that, you're probably going <laughs> to see the 15 foot tall bat shadow guy. <laughs> Well, let me say one more last thing, you know, uh, and Dr. Mueller's the one who told me about this. Now, I've seen, I think I've seen where there's something blacker than the dark in your room, mm. you know, where people go, it was so black, it stuck out yeah. in the darkness. But I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know, because once you see, you see stuff all the time, you don't think anything of it until all of a sudden you realize, oh, that was a big deal. Well, I remember seeing something. You know, you don't remember everything. But he had seen at one point uh, that he was telling us the shadow person with the hat, and he described it. I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for you to see it, that's what that's what it brought up. And another person the other day told me the same thing, and they described it perfectly. And Brad is the one who said, "Remember Mad Magazine? Do you remember? Did you ever read a Mad Magazine?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they still publish them. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, my brothers, older brothers always got them. So as a little kid, I always loved to read and I would look through it. Remember Spy versus Spy? Those little spies that went after each other. There was a white one and a black one and they always fought each other. Yeah, that was my favorite. The shadow guy. Did he look like the spy? 
because that's what he said. He said, look, just like the spy versus spies, guys in Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was a tall one, though. He's another one of these, like, oh. 9, 11-foot-tall things. Oh. They should ah. probably play basketball because a lot of them are tall. <laughs> well, apparently those are pretty negative from what I've heard. Uh, but who yeah. knows? I don't yeah. I mean, who, yeah, who knows, and who knows what they really are. I mean, I was raised to believe that they're demons, but can I throw that label on everything? Probably not, but that's yeah. probably demons. I don't know. <laughs> well, some people, yeah, some people totally think that's the case. They could be. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, when I hear about I them being in those groups, like there's the dominant one and the little followers, that kind of makes me think, yeah, maybe they're a group of oogly boogly goblins from hell or something i don't know <laughs> totally felt evil totally felt evil and something it started telling me exactly what to do mm. actually something was telling me from above exactly what to do before i got there i didn't tell you the whole story because it's long but i was hearing stuff when i was when i got in that van and went to his house along with him you know and then it told me exactly how to get out and I would have never thought to have gotten out the way it told me to get out. I just didn't think that way. But it made sure I got out. But at one point, this guy, I heard in my head something say, as he's taking me, I'm new to Orlando at the time, and I'm in his van. We're going to his place to get headshots and come back to Universal. And he said, and, and I, I heard something, you know, something in my mind said, well, I could you don't know where you're at. I could actually throw you in one of these many lakes around here. I could do something to you and throw you in these lakes. No one would ever find you. That's what I heard. I heard this. And then less than a second, boom, he says, yeah, you're new around here, and I could actually do anything I want to you and then throw you in a lake and no one would ever find you. <laughs> what? I just heard that here and and. Then I kid you not, I felt from the sky. Uh, you know when you had those? You ever get uh, ice cream man, or you 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 get that cone ice cream, the soft serve, and then they put that chocolate, and the chocolate goes over and gets hard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. Okay, yeah, it was always yeah. fun, and it was it was like it was wet. Now it's hard. This is cool. It's crunchy. Well, that's what I felt happened. All of a sudden. It was like this perfect thing went down my body, just like the cone, just like the, the chocolate went over the ice cream. And there were more than one. There were thin layers, and then there were thicker layers. And I could feel it, the sensation, something totally protected me, 1,000%. And it put on a lot of protection. I felt it, and it allowed me... I mean, it was invisible, but whatever it was, I think what it did was allow me to stay calm and not let any fear be seen, nothing but confidence come out. Because when I saw those things that I saw, I was calm. I was like, I feel evil. And I don't think they could get into my mind to hear what I was thinking or feeling. I think that was what happened. Isn't that something? Uh, yeah, that that is really interesting and I believe what might have been going on there is some interdimensional activity, like whatever was being pulled over you, it's probably in a dimension that's adjacent to ours. Like maybe it's on the astral or something like that where it's on you, but it's on you in another sort of dimensional fold, if that kind of makes sense. Well, I felt it come from above and just cover me, just 
I felt it. <laughs> I felt it. And and I also heard, gotcha, just, you know, just do this, just do that. To me, it was the Holy Spirit because that's what I believe that voice is. You know, could be, who knows? Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you go to the world of Christianity, there's a Cold War going on between good and evil, and you yeah. might have had a little skirmish go on around you. It was amazing. It protected me. It kept my emotions in. It kept me to not freak out. It kept me safe. 